2: First Arcade, 605 NWA TV title, Cajun Army The Bunkhouse Stampede Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty Express Tag Team, Turner, Bodden Mid-South Joy World Championship Wrestling
1: Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling The NWA and Jim rocket
2: Promotions Tony and Friends they win, look, Shavani's back again World title split off Center Stage, Bischoff Disney, Hogan, and Nitro, New World Order and The Crow, Thunder Russo, Arc Catch him, Vinnie Mac, simulcast Tony's back with Conrad Not your classy podcast Watch a long, try not to laugh Lowest rules can't pass This wasn't the initial plan Tom's like a good looking man one like Bill, make a
3: chair
1: Tommy, you come over here
4: Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? With the one, the only, the legendary, the infamous Noah Anthony Schiavone, the voice of our childhood, Tony Shivani, and a shitty barista. What's going on, man?
3: Hey, I'd like to say a very hello to my good friends, including you, of course, uh, one of my better friends. Uh, but I'd also like to say hello to the, the gorgeous, the lovely... Britt Baker, fuck her. she and I I have become very, very good friends as of late.
4: No, we hate Britt Baker.
3: Well, you don't understand Brit.
4: I'm allowed to hate her.
3: No, you don't understand her. and, And I get it. She got a lot of heat lately. Bless her heart. She just, uh, she's kind of lost her way and I have been charged, uh, to get her back to her way. And first of all, she got to dump that dumbass boyfriend of hers, Adam Cole. Uh, I don't know if she's going to do that or not, but I'll work on that later.
4: Hang on. You don't like Adam. You've met Adam and he's not for you. Never met him. Never kissed him. Don't Don't know him. So wait a minute. Why did you say never kissed him?
3: You said he, uh, he's not for you. That's kind of like saying she's not for you. So I don't
4: know. Okay. All right. Well, that was weird. Uh, what else is weird is super brawl 2000. We're excited to cover that. Well, I am. Uh, because tomorrow is the 20 year anniversary of this shit show. Fire up your WWE network. Go to February 20th, 2000, Super Brawl 2000. We've got a triple threat match on top with Sid Vicious, Scott Hall, and Jeff Jarrett. How about Ric Flair and Terry Fonk in a Texas Death match? Tank Abbott and Big Al in a leather jacket on a pole match. There is a lot to unpack here. Is Lois around? Is she sober? Can we get her upright? What are we doing? She's around. She's pretty big around. Oh, that's hurtful. Uh,
3: and, and she is ready before we start. I'd like to say hello to my friends at Westwood
4: one. It's really great to be with you. Oh yeah. I guess we should spill the news yeah. after a lot of back and forth. Um, you and I had a, uh, a contract that, well, we'll talk and we'll talk about it when we get going in the show. Okay. Sounds good. So let's bring in, uh, my, my wife of.
3: Going on 39 years now Woo. Woo. is right. Lois Shimani. Three, two, one, play. Well, you know, it's, uh, starting out on the old bad foot. When you see the exploding vagina, I'm not talking about Lois.
4: It's Jeez. a shame, but it's true. It's a shame.
3: Yeah, it is. Uh, and all the colorful characters, Brought to you by Snickers. It really satisfies. Unlike this show.
4: Oh, well, no, our show is going to satisfy you, but this wrestling show in particular, not so much.
3: How about showing some of that footage of Terry Punk and Ric Flair from the old days?
4: I got to tell you, it sort of caught me off guard because I did not expect that, but really classic stuff. And then you see, uh, our great friend, Arn Anderson, giving a little commentary, man, for my money. I know the WCW in 2000 was a shit show. But I'll take flair and funk in any decade. Well, they're
3: trying to sell on that because they know, or, or because they know how great it, it was back then, uh, back in, uh, what 1989. Yep. But here we are 2000 where nothing is really good. Nothing is really good.
4: Including the WWE, and we'll, even though they're going to argue that there's yeah. some questionable shit there.
3: Right. And uh, so in other words, what you're saying correctly is this was not really a good time for wrestling.
4: Not as good as it is now. I'll tell you that.
3: Right. I agree. Not as much fun as it is now, because I was talking with Lois about this the other day. She said, you really enjoying this stuff, aren't you? I said, Oh my God. I said, I look forward to going to work every day. I look forward to, I look forward to Tuesdays and the meetings. I look forward to Wednesdays and going backstage and, And I look forward to all that stuff. So, and I, and I didn't look forward to this stuff back then. I loathed it back then.
4: How about that wide shot? You know, I know you hate the dark lighting, but going around and showing it in the different colors and then the, the, the fire really hits it and illuminates the crowd. I like it.
3: It's a good look. And it's a necessary look back then because we weren't drawing fucking flies.
4: What'd you think of the, uh, the big black sheet that was made to look like stars, it looks like the theater of my, uh, or my the ceiling of my home theater. I kind of dig the look.
3: No, I think it looks really tacky. Didn't like it. All right. We are in San Francisco at the Kiz out Al Piz Alice. Woo-ha. It's a good wrestling, uh, wrestling venue for us.
4: Ray Stevens and, uh, Pat Patterson used to tear it up out there. Did they not? Made it famous. They sure did. They made it famous. You know, I don't know that we've talked enough about that tag team, but Pat Patterson is really the godfather of WWE. So many of the great things that we enjoy, uh, that we grew up enjoying as the listeners to this show, things like the Royal Rumble, that was all Pat Patterson. And, you know, some of your favorite wrestlers look to him to say, Hey, he was there. Mentor, whether it's Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels. I mean, a lot of those great classic matches that we grew up on are formulated out of the brain of Pat Patterson. And way back in the golden era, it was him, Bruce, and uh, oh, my, here's Major Gunn strutting that ass out here. It looks like she's got oh. Francine's younger sister right there. Oh, I don't think yes, she does. Oh, my goodness. This is the most over Jeff Jarrett's ever been. <laughs> He's over with me right now. Oh, my
3: God, is he ever? And uh, I don't, let's see, Francine and uh, Madeja. Not Francine or whoever that girl is, looks like Francine and Madeja.
4: How about Ron no, and Don Harris in the background here of uh, Jeff Jarrett? This is definitely the uh, the Tennessee Mafia, the Nashville Mafia. Yes. What'd you think of of Jeff Jarrett's Bob Vila face where he's going around with those yellow sunglasses?
3: Yeah, it looks like it sucked.
4: It, I mean, listen, I can appreciate he's trying something different. But now it's like, oh my God, how Bob Villa was that? Hey, and look at these handsome devils on the left, sexiest big man on TV. Mr. Mark Madden, right in the middle, of course, with his chair a little higher than it should be Tony Schiavone looking slim and trim. And then to your right, the man who wrestling is missing the most these days. Mr. Mike Tanae, I hate that Mike turned, you know, his back on wrestling and sort of left it in the rear view. He pulled the Schiavone. Do you think one day a call from you could get him pointed in the right direction and we could get him back amongst his wrestling fans?
3: I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. And you know, we are working. Uh, it's, uh, a little uh, peek behind the curtain here. You know, we got uh, double or nothing coming up in Las Vegas.
4: You absolutely do in May. Yeah,
3: that's right. And we're going to announce, which will be announced this week. That we will also have. Dynabite the following Wednesday at the MGM grand as well.
4: How about that? Back to back Vegas shows. A lot of love coming to Las Vegas. It's going to be a fun weekend to be there. I hope, uh, some of the listeners who are traveling internationally can get their flights extended and can stick around for the fun.
3: Also speaking of Las Vegas. And, and I'd like to, I'd like to also make a, a, another announcement if I could. Please do. I don't even, I don't even think you know this, but as you know, the cauliflower Alley club coming up at the end of April is going to have their reunion. Yes, sir. Uh, and I, this week became a lifetime member of the cauliflower alley club.
4: Congratulations. Long time overdue. I know last year was the first year you'd ever even been in the vicinity and, uh, they wouldn't even let you inside. Right. They wouldn't. It's funny but- because it, I'll never forget you and I are downstairs and we just happened to be there doing Starcast business at the time. And it just happened to be when that was going on. So we thought, well, we'll kill two birds with one stone. So we cruised over. Neither you nor I brought our, our tickets. I am a member, but I didn't bring any of my stuff or whatever. And you said, uh, am I okay to go up there? And I said, yeah. And he said, but I don't have a ticket or anything. I'm like, you're Tony fucking Shivani. You're okay to go anywhere to any wrestling event ever. And then you were immediately turned away. But I finally got my way in. Yeah. Those bastards. <laughs> you fucking put some respect on his name. God damn it. Y'all trying uh, to fucking Britt Baker him. Nobody Britt Baker's Tony. If anybody's going to shit on Tony, it's going to be me. He's my little big brother and I get to fuck with him, but you don't.
3: <laughs> so, uh, so what I also did was not only became a lifetime member, uh, paid the lifetime dues, but also, uh, donated some more money to their benevolent fund.
4: Oh, that's awesome, man. Cause we know how hard it is for you to come off any money. So that's, yes, a real it big, is. that's a real big deal, man.
3: Well, it is, you know, I, and I got to thinking and and I, and I reached out to them, uh, to Brian Blair and, and I said, and I, and I got to thinking without even talking to anybody about it, just on my own, I said, you know, they're doing some great, or they are attempting to do some great stuff for guys who need the money and why not give a little bit of my money to the people who laid the foundation for me being, being able to make a good living.
4: Man, that's awesome.
3: Congratulations.
4: Seriously. Great stuff.
3: And I should do more. Of course, I cannot go to the uh, reunion because that's going to be right during our, uh, you know, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Tuesday, Wednesday, we're tied up. So.
4: Uh, I'm going to try to make that one. I was talking to JR about it and he told me the same thing that he wasn't going to be able to make it. And he's normally an MC this year. They're going to go a different way. They're going to, they're going to have JJ and Terry Funk. Ooh. So Terry Funk will no show them. Uh, so it'll be JJ and, uh, dinner will be uh, late and so, and, and bedtime will be early.
3: It'll be at the. Uh,
4: Where's it gonna be? It's at. The, well, it's at the worst <laughs> hotel in Las Vegas. If yeah, the Golden, no, the, Golden the Golden Nugget. No, not the Golden Nugget. Is nice. This is at the Gold Coast. The it's Gold Coast. The street from uh, Palm's Place. It's. Uh, well, it's not <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's the only That's... hotel you can go to where, as soon as you walk in, you smell the delicious breads of Subway. It's <laughs> real. You know, everybody else has five-star Michelin fucking dining here. Subway. Oh, and TGI Fridays,
3: right? Exactly. TGI Fridays. That's where you and I, uh, had a few.
4: Yes, we had more than our fair share Mm -hmm. and, uh, we're going to need some more when we're done watching this show and look what we're starting with here. I can't believe this is a real thing, but this is a package preparing us for (laughs) Oklahoma. Um, and how and how this belt, this cruiserweight title has been disgraced. Of course, Medusa held it, Oklahoma held it, and now uh we're gonna have uh a vacant WCW cruiserweight championship, and this is gonna be the tournament finale. And I think you'll be pleased with uh who's competing in this. I know you haven't seen it in a long time, but we're down to the nitty gritties, we're down to the finals.
3: Oh no, 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 no. What? For God's sake, no. What? No, not that greased up fucking dipshit. Oh, he went to who? Oh, Lash Larue no, saved my save me. That's not him. Good. No, it is. Well, not it's, not, it's not. It's
4: not Evan Courageous. You were. That's how, what I was. That's. That's what you were thinking, right?
3: Yeah, I was. I was. Damn, we've gone. How long have we gone without even having? Who? We're ten minutes into the show. We haven't done shit.
4: It's been a while since you did the old. uh, What was it called? Um, Nothing happened open. in Evan Courageous. Yeah.
3: Nothing happened in Evan Courageous. Good. Hope he's not on this show. Boy. You're- oh, but there's your, there's your favorite with a dragon screw leg whip. Yeah. The artist formerly
4: known as Prince Ikea. The artist formerly known as uh, never ever was I over.
3: <laughs> oh, so that's it. It's going to be the artist against lash LaRue.
4: Yeah. It's your favorite <laughs> versus mine. It's the guy who killed the company. Uh, alongside you, your tag team partner in killing the company. <laughs> and here you are trying to put it over. And what a story. Lash LaRue is guy. This young Cajun two years ago was sitting at home in Lafayette, Louisiana, watching WCW Saturday night on TBS. And he saw a spot for the power plant. And now here he is challenging for the cruiserweight championship. Just two years later, all because he picked up the phone. By the way, nice guy. And uh, a homeowner here in Alabama looking to save some money with save dot com. That's a real story.
3: Really? He's uh he lives in Alabama, huh? They would have him.
4: They would have him. You know what? I think he's from the, I don't know. I mean, you've talked about this. He's from Casio kids hometown. Wow. Yeah. Lash LaRue and Casio kid went to different schools together. And it just goes to show
3: you that people are wrong. You can't have more than one dumbass in a town.
4: That's exactly right. Yeah. He was uh, I think he's like two years older than Cassio. Purple rain,
3: purple rain. Wait, you like this? He wore a raspberry beret. Da, 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 da. So we like sure this? shit on the good name of Prince, didn't we?
4: So you like this?
3: Uh I don't know if I like this. I liked, uh, Paisley.
4: Why'd you say it like that?
3: Cause I wasn't sure what she was called by that time. Yeah. She was called Paisley. We changed their name so many times.
4: Well, Tony, are you excited about this match at least? I
3: mean, yeah. well, you, no, I'm not.
4: Well, hang on now. When you think about great cruiserweight champions, you think about Eddie Guerrero and Dean right. Malenko and Chris Jericho and who could forget Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. And then you think about Prince Ikea and Lash the That's
3: right. <laughs> and if you go back and take a look at the names that were on that list, there weren't many good ones on that list. Uh, Shannon Bohr was very good. Um, who else? There was a couple of, uh, luchadores on that list. that were pretty good, but other than that, it was a pretty weak tournament. And doesn't that say at all about the, the direction of WCW back? Wasn't that long ago that we had that type of talent? That you were just kind of cataloging. And now we've got this, which reminds me, uh, we had a, had a chance to sit down and talk to Dean Malenko, uh, at great length and, uh, almost knocked his little ass out. Didn't do it. Almost did. But we, he was telling me or me of the story of, look at this boy, man, the Prince getting things going quickly.
4: He's not going uh, to fuck around, not on what happened when
3: he was telling me the story of the time that he and Eddie and Benoit and Perry Saturn all walked out on WCW at the same time.
4: Absolutely. We've recently revisited that with uh, Bruce Pritchard, all about the radicals jumping. And, uh, enjoy that in the archives of something to wrestle.
3: And it, that, that can be, I guess that can be, uh, you can draw the connect the dots to it being the beginning of the end for WCW or being one of the, um, main parts of the end of WCW. Don't you think losing all those guys at one time? Yeah. Bill Bush said, anybody who wants to quit, you can quit. And they all went in and say, we're quitting. And that was that. And then, and Dean told us, which I think is a funny story that they were all getting, they were all going to, they were all walking in Bush's office and Eddie was walking the other way. And Eddie said, where are you guys going? He said, we're going to go quit right now. He said, okay, I'll join you. So Eddie went and got his bag and followed them in there. He didn't know they were doing it.
4: That's so tremendous. You know, it's, that's just what friends do, man. They stick together. Sort of like how me and you were before you got Tony Khan's money. And now you don't acknowledge me anymore. I acknowledge you all the time. Nah, not so much.
3: Yeah, I do. I, Hey, these guys are tearing it up here, man. What, what was the deal about? Okay. I get it. His sideburns were like an L
4: L but L like Lash L- La yeah,
3: I get it, but stop doing it. Okay.
4: He's trying to get it over. Okay.
3: By pointing at it.
4: Yeah. I mean, that's what you do at home. Whenever you want Lois to do something with your <laughs> Peter, you just walk around, point at it.
3: I better point at it. Cause she couldn't find it. If I didn't show her the directions.
4: Well, she can now. It's whoa, dragon screw. leg whip. I love the
3: WWF the- site sign, suck signs.
4: You love those, don't you?
3: Well, I like that fans back then took their sides.
4: Oh, really? So you think fans should take sides? Back,
3: I said back then.
4: Okay.
3: I want my release. How about that?
4: That's a great sign, <laughs> is it not?
3: Yeah, That's pretty cool. Oh my god, that was pretty cool.
4: By the way, we should mention the uh, the story we were teasing at the top of the show. We are now officially with Westwood One. Uh, this has been a, a very long and arduous process. Uh, we believed that, uh, the contract you signed one time, uh, in, uh, January of 2017 was for a one year deal and it rolled over for a second year. So that would have covered us to January, 2018, and then through January of 2019. And then we marched through last year effectively without a, an agreement with MLW, but certainly just a gentleman's understanding and then somehow It was relayed that no, we had re-signed even though neither you nor I re-signed and we couldn't technically transfer our show because technically someone had executed an agreement on our behalf, allegedly, and we were hemmed up. And so now we can finally sing, let my people go. And we are uh, (laughs) officially with Westwood One and excited to be here and appreciate all the patience from everybody at Westwood One who had to sort of start and stop our launch here with with ad sales and Westwood support. And hopefully you'll start to see even more what happened when, uh, on your newsfeed.
3: Certainly appreciate that. I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited that direction we've taken. Uh, We are in our fourth season of what happened when,
4: can you believe we've been doing this more than three years now?
3: It's, it's, it's amazing. I can't believe we're doing it, been doing it more than one year because you know, I probably would have Shivani it It hadn't been for you, right?
4: Well, you had those checks rolling in, and I think early on you learned, hey, this Conrad fucker's figured out how to make money.
3: Yeah. I've used the term Conrad fucker a lot.
4: Yeah, no, I understand that. And you usually make it whenever you make a bank run. Boy, this Conrad fucker. Let me me show you what's on my ATM receipt here. I'm not going to pull any money out, Lois. I'm just going to check the balance. Look what this Conrad fucker helped put in there.
3: Did you see the sign back there the guy keep putting up? I beat Tori's guts.
4: I would love (laughs) to beat Tori's guts. And I think all of our listeners would too. By the way, a great meme over the weekend showed Ric Flair and it said, I won 16 world titles. Then it showed Charlotte Flair and it said, I was the first woman to main event WrestleMania. Then it showed David Flair and it said, I banged Stacey (laughs) Keebler. And without exception, every time I saw it posted, guys were like, I don't know. Pretty close call or, <laughs> uh, advantage. David
3: <laughs> advantage. I think it's the winner.
4: David flair. One of the great, uh, one of the great attorneys of all time, Mr. Michael Dawkins, uh, who's helping wrestlers coast to coast these days. Get out of shitty, shitty, shitty deals. Um, put in our group chat that the great coxswain of all time, uh, had to be Frank Sinatra and. Elvis and George Clooney yeah. or Derek Jeter, rather, and, yeah. and and, um, and David Flair, uh-huh. the all time right. greats. Speaking of all time greats, there's one right there holding the title. Of course, I'm talking about referee Charles Robinson, the greatest <laughs> referee of all time, uh, yeah. just awarded the WCW Saturday night world champ. I mean the cruiserweight championship. Uh-huh. To the artist formerly known as Prince Ayakea. five minutes 47 seconds. Uh, Mouse would say Leroux did a running dive uh, early that looked bad. They were messing up spots real bad during the match. Finish saw Lash go for a Frankensteiner off the top, but Paisley held the artist from going over, and Larue took the bump himself. Artist then used a mistimed leaping DDT off the top rope for the pin, half a star. There you go. Not the best DDT we ever saw, but thankfully it was a mercy killing. What do you, what do you think about the, uh, Snickers logos on the mat? you a fan you for it. You against it. I'm for it. I th- They don't bother me at all. I think it adds to the realism. It adds to the big fight feel. Cause you see it in big boxing matches, you know?
3: Yes, exactly. And I think there's, there's, and I I got to thinking there's, there's poor old, uh, Norman. Norman. Yeah. I I got to thinking about so many years, and it wasn't a lot of years, but a few years where we would open up a pay per view with a real hot cruiserweight match, and then we opened with this. I was thinking about how far the cruiserweights had fallen. Mm, yeah, Brian knobs. What a yikes. terrible
4: promo! What do you think he's saying right here? Every I day,
3: that Me, mean, Gene. I may look horrible. I may be fat. I may have this big, wide asshole that most people have seen on TV, but tell you what, I am the Cruiserweight Champion. You see this cast? My asshole is so big, I can stick this cast right up and, and pull out a donut. That's right. And I will tonight. they on Bam Bam Bigelow for the hard card title. Because why? Because the winner of the match gets to put the hardcore title right up in my big asshole. As we know, it's gigantic. It's big. You can put a lamp up it.
4: It's true. Hey, yeah, it, it is uh, easily. You know, people always say, "Who's the biggest asshole in wrestling?" You got to go, Brian Knobs. And you're not Your saying size. literally; you're saying figuratively.
3: Yeah. So what? What? What did we just see? We saw a door.
4: That was it. Let's say keep, a door. It's keep out. Hey, some of the fans. <laughs> how excited are you to? uh, to be here on Westwood one.
3: I'm, I'm how excited. Am I to
4: be, to be on Westwood one?
3: Yeah. It's, it's one of the big moments of my life. Let me tell you, when, when anybody does a podcast, Westwood one is where you want to be. It's the top of the heap in podcasting, right? It is. So that's how excited I am. I feel that we have finally arrived four years later.
4: One, two, three, four, five shows on Westwood one. Now. It's like a, it's like a CTE network. I love it. And there you see bam, bam, Bigelow sliding some of the nonsensical weapons that you hate so much, like aluminum trash can lids, a couple of, uh, like a cookie sheet. And there was mm. a folding chair and, and the worst hardcore championship ever. This is bam, bam past his prime, man. Just a few years prior to this, bam, bam could really go not so much here. Uh, Brian Knobs is going to be challenging Bam Bam, who is the champ came out first.
3: Because he had gimmicks to deliver.
4: Yes. he did. Uh, so now,
3: so here's what we've seen so far in this match. And they're telling the story here. Uh, this is how Brian Knobs got his hand broken. Lex Luger blew up just by stomping on the hand three times. We have seen now a, a terrible cruiserweight title match, we're going to see a terrible hardcore title match. It's true. So for all the problems that we had in WCW, the biggest problem we had was putting on good matches.
4: Well, it's really hard to argue because you've got a lot of talent, but the match after this is three count and Norman Smiley. Oh, And The match boy. after that is the wall and the demon. And the match Ooh. after that is tank Abbott and big Al the issue here is Vince Russo's, uh, idea of wrestling is not exactly what the masses are looking for in early 2000. Exactly. And that's, here's the thing. I say that as someone who absolutely loved what Vince was able to do in the WWF, but whereas he had Vince McMahon as a support system there. Now he's got standards and practices and TBS executives. You are fucking with the formula, you know, like I, I really do believe if, if Vince Russo I uh, could work with Vince McMahon again. There could be some good shit come out of that because those guys have a proven track record together, but here we've tried to do something on our own. And well, it's not uh, these TBS executives are not Vince McMahon.
3: Well, speaking of Vince McMahon, you saw on the w, uh, wcw.com, uh, set Jeremy Borash, who's now a power player in the WWE. I
4: understand. Power player. Is that the word to describe Borash now? Yeah, I think so. Well, fucking a good for him. I'll tell you this. He was the hardest working man in TNA for a long time. I can't tell you how many times I attended their events and he was wearing so many hats, easily one of the hardest working men in the history of professional wrestling. And if he has any sort of influence in WWE now, that is fucking great news because you, you need leaders like that who will get out there and put in the work. And that's what Borash will do.
3: Hear, here, I agree. How about, oh, no, let's go boom
4: when i thought he was going to body slam him on the concrete i was like oh no but then thankfully oh and how about finley coming in Uh uh-huh they both look like the him and brian knobs look like they're uh, a couple of white dads at the no limit soldiers concert (laughs) my baby loves that master p
3: (laughs) white dads oh god here we go Woo! A lot of place in the cow palace that you can, uh, go to. I mean, the place was very, very large, very, a lot of rooms, a lot of hallways just made for a hardcore match. Sounds like your house. Yes. Cleaner than my house, by the way, I might
4: add. Well, cause it had dirt floors.
3: Right. Well, it did. Which is right. still cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. It's still cleaner than mine.
4: By the way, speaking of clean, we've decided to clean our act up a little bit. We have, uh, and, and you have, uh, you've told me in, in more recent weeks that you wanted to put a kibosh on the old, um, Tony Reed's rap. Huh. So we've decided to do something different.
3: Oh, you, you didn't tell me about this.
4: Whoa, whoa. whoa! You said, what about Tony Reed's country? So I got us a country song together. Oh, great. I thought you'd be in for that. Yeah, I am. Is it uh Merle Haggard? No.
3: It's not Merle Haggard. No. Is it, uh, Waylon Jennings?
4: No, I do love Waylon. Waylon is my favorite. Okay. Uh, okay. It's, uh, it's
3: Alan Jackson.
4: It is Alan Jackson.
3: God damn. And now is. we're talking some good stuff.
4: I thought you would be into Alan Jackson. So I'm pretty excited I am a, about it. Yeah, that. I am. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. What I want you to do. Is uh, fire up your email, and I've got okay. you some lyrics over there. I did a couple modifications on one of his favorite songs, and made it more about something that you were in tune with, something that was near and dear to your heart. Oh, okay. And we're going to do this to the tune of Alan Jackson's Chattahoochee. Okay. Do you, do you remember this song? Oh yeah, a chart I love top, it. a chart topper to be sure. And uh, I'm pretty excited about it. So I'm ready to hit that funky beat whenever you're ready to.
3: Okay, here we go. Here we go. Three, two, one, hit it. Way down yonder on the Chattahoochee, it gets hotter than Medusa's Gucci. We laid ring rats on the Georgia asphalt, got a little crazy, but we never got called. Down by the river on a Friday night, a pyramid of rubbers in the pale moonlight. Talking about flair and dreaming about women, never had a plan, just living for the minute. Yeah, way down yonder on the Chattahoochee, never knew how much that Medusa's Gucci meant meant to me. But I learned how to swim, and I learned who I was. A lot about living, and a little about love. Well, we fogged up the windows in my old Chevy. I was willing, but she wasn't ready, so I settled for.
4: <laughs> What'd you settle for, Tony? Settle for. <laughs> What'd you settle for, Tony?
3: Settle for a hand job in a grape snow cone. Dropped her off early, but I didn't go home Down by the river on a Friday night A pyramid of rubbers in a pale moonlight Talking about flair and dream about women Never had a plan, just living for the minute yeah, way down yonder on the Chattahoochee, never knew how much a Medusa's cooter meant to me. But I learned how to swim, and I learned who I was—a lot about living and a little about love. Yeah, way down yonder on the Chattahoochee, never knew how much Medusa's cooter meant to me. But I learned how to swim, and I learned who I was—a little about living and a little about love. Yeehaw!
4: I wanted to do, you know. Listen, you don't love the Chattanooga river. You don't love the Chattahoochee river. You don't love the <laughs> Tennessee river. You know what you love? You love Medusa. Yeah. That cooter. I thought it was fun when he talks about, he learned how to swim right after the cooter line. That was good. Good stuff, buddy. Thank you very much. Do so you think that was better than Tony Reed's ramp? Uh, yeah, I do. Tony sinks country.
3: Yeah, I like I love the I love the lyrics, and uh, I just missed Alan Jackson at the State Farm Arena this past weekend in Atlanta. Should have gone.
4: Had right, them sold out, hanging from the rafters. I hear. I bet they were. Well, this guy's not going to sell out much. Oh, Speaking my Speaking of Medusa's Cooter, here comes Evan Courageous, followed by the Hurricane himself, and bringing up <laughs> the rear, old Shannon Moore. Thankfully, we missed the Brian Nobbs match. They got a quarter star Brian Nobs, Finn Bigelow to win the world title, or the uh, hardcore title rather. Bigelow actually hit the greetings from Asbury Park, but instead of going for the pin, he threw the uh, the chair at Finley, and then Bigelow grabbed the top rope, ended up getting crotch, falling to the floor. Then knobs got the pin after hitting him with his cast and a garbage can. Now we've got three count. Count them: one, two, three. Yeah. Uh, And they're gonna uh, wrestle Norman Smiley. They're gonna go four minutes and six seconds. But first. They're doing this routine. I'm gonna play the audio.
1: My old friends oh. in San Francisco can appreciate our many talents. Yeah, their fan club meets in a phone booth. <laughs> and they have room left over, Madden. So hop in. <laughs> but tonight, we're not gonna sing. Oh, yeah. They're not going to sing. Now we'll we'll hold face. it. They gotta we'll to sing. Tonight's all business, so we're gonna kick some ass tonight. Yeah. You know, what? I look up there in the ring, it's like seeing three Elvises, three Mick Jaggers, three Robert Plants, three William Shatners, just three legends of rock and roll in the same group. It's unbelievable.
4: So there you go. We got saved from the uh, the singing routine. I think some of our listeners probably wish I would have pulled that move for you just a minute ago and saved us from that too.
3: Coming out to Jerry Rice, Jersey, screaming Norman.
4: Melzer would write, trust me, three counts should never appear on a major show without doing that routine. People hate it, but if they ever make it, it'll be this generation's version of Sheik and Volkov doing the Russian national anthem. There you go, Dave, booking again. This hits a a one star here. So it's the match of the night so far. Do you ever see a wall put a wiggle through a table?
3: <laughs> no, I had not, had not before that. No. No.
4: By the way, is Jerry Rice the most beloved San Francisco football player of all time?
3: Oh, yeah. He and Montana, maybe both. Well,
4: but Montana went to Kansas City. Don't get me wrong, Montana's my favorite of all time. He was the reason I was a football fan as a kid. I mean, what a story. What a player. Just really unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, Jerry Rice, he was a lifer, bro. I mean, he really wasn't, but it feels like it. And he's out in public doing a lot of stuff. Right. I mean, cause I know he played oh. with the Ray. Oh my gosh. Shannon Moore up and over. But when he left for Oakland, I don't think that it's almost Anyone like knew the, it? the fans <laughs> have just pretended like, nah, we we'll give him a pass. That doesn't count because he did so much in the community and was so active. He was a much more public figure in his retirement is what I'm trying to say.
3: Well, you, you, Oakland and, and San Francisco are, may, are many ways the same community.
4: Yeah. But still the people who were wearing that, that red and gold don't want nothing to do with that silver and black. I know they don't, they don't have to worry about it anymore. Now. Well, there you go. Las yeah. Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas when, when, Raiders. When can I get you to Las Vegas again?
3: Uh, during the, uh, during double or nothing. Uh, I won't be there. One, two, man. And that breaks my heart. What? Because we had such a great time last year. No, you,
4: you had a great time.
3: I had such a great time last year at Starcast.
4: I'm, I'm glad you did.
3: It was a lot of fun. It was the worst weekend of my life. Well, I could see that. It was fucking nuts. It was out of control. It was but that's what it when you get in the wrestling business, Conrad, that's what it is. It's out of control. It's nuts. Oh shit. my God. He, I thought he was gonna go head first, I didn't did you?
4: Too. I thought he was a dead dude.
3: <laughs> he tucked it right at the right moment.
4: Uh, Sounds like we're doing play by play in your bedroom
3: <laughs> The giant swing, yeah it sure does
4: That's what I do in my bedroom, I do the giant swing
3: Your giant swing <laughs> With
4: my with my own Peter me, you see
3: uh, I got it, I I knew exactly what you, at least I Was assuming that's what you were referring to So this is a three on one. I just realized this. Oops. People, people popped for that. Didn't they? People popped for that. Didn't they? Am I the only one still on here? Yeah. I mean, what are
4: they popping for?
3: The big wiggle him, him going behind and.
4: Oh, it's my uncle's favorite part of wrestling. What? Yeah. He's a big wrestling Young. fan, but, uh, yeah. he absolutely loved the big wiggle. Oh my God. If we bought a ticket to a wrestling show and nobody did the big wiggle, he'd be mad. Yeah. Oh, I'll never God. forget. I took him to an ECW show and he's like, when that guy going to do the big wiggle? He, he's not on the show. He's on WCW. He's like, what is that? No, it like, just drive me home. Uncle HR just the shows almost oh. over. And then of course he got to meet new Jack and he started jumping off of shit. And then Mike awesome, put a motherfucker through a table and then, uh, dusty Rhodes came out of the crowd and gave everybody the elbow and he was back in, but he's still (laughs) on the way home. He's like, now what channel does that guy do the wiggle thing? We got to do that.
3: Well, God bless him. I'm glad he liked something about, uh, what we were doing back then. He got, he's the one. Uh, man, I, uh, I wonder what the story is for three on one here. Whoa. How about that? Super kick. Oh, here comes Evan courageous, man. It's going to be the spot of the night. Watch it. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Do it. Actually, That wasn't bad. That was very Darby Allen ish.
4: Hey, uh, while well, we're watching the guys, uh, take turns in uh, the, in the oddest Brazzers video I've ever seen. Um, you haven't given me any commentary on the XFL. There's been two weeks worth of action so far. Yeah. You have to have an opinion about the XFL.
3: I have no opinion because I haven't watched one bit of it. What's up with that? I did read where the uh, one quarterback ripped his team. So they benched him in the second half.
4: That's pretty cool, huh?
3: Yeah, that is pretty cool.
4: By the way, that's the end. Three count gets the win. Four minutes, six seconds. Meltzer would say, finish. saw Courageous use a very impressive screw, followed by Helms with a very high frog splash, and Moore got the submission with a Boston Crab one star. Up next, The Wall and the Demon. Oh. Meltzer would say, This was actually built as a co main event. The nonsensical reason for this is that Eric Bischoff's contract with Kiss it guaranteed the character a certain number of pay per view main event matches. Good Lord. Uh, Bischoff thought he could main event Brian Adams on pay per view. And now people are so nostalgic, they want him back. This had the first crowd reaction of the show loud, boring chance. How about that? Yikes. Three minutes, 37 seconds for the wall and the demon. So it's like uh, whenever Lois lets you get on top, she knows at least it'll be quick.
3: Yeah, three minutes and 30 seconds worth. I mean, uh, sec- that, second part of that.
4: You'd have at least two minutes left over out of 337, would you know it? I, I would. There, there's the door again. There's
3: the door what's behind the door. Who could it be That the same door? The girls walked out of, I guess it is.
4: Let's play the audio here from Jeff Jarrett. You've got to find out who's behind that door. We can't take any chances. I've been screwed by this company one
1: too many times. Come on. What time's running? Let's go. No problem. No. Oh, we'll take, care, take of care of you. it. Don't worry about it, buddy. No big
4: deal. Girl,
1: Let's go. It.
4: So everybody wants to know who's behind the door. It's the exalted one. Oh my god, shut the fuck up. <laughs> How about yeah. this look?
3: God of thunder. Da, 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 da. You know, he got stuck in there one day. I've told that story. Tell it again, it. Yeah, they opened they played the music. God of thunder da, da, and it went psh, it didn't open. We waited, didn't open. Finally, somebody had to come pull it open. (laughs) Just like, just like Spinal Tap. I mean, exactly like the scene from Spinal Tap. We all had a big laugh about it. You love the
4: demon character, don't lie.
3: Oh, I do. Absolutely, I do. First of all, Dale Torborg, who was always a good friend and still is, by the way, we still... Stay in touch. He's works for the white Sox, and, um, he's a strength. Uh, the, he's in, in charge of strength and conditioning of all the minor league teams with the white Sox. And I always had a, I, I loved kiss. You know that I still do. I just think. Well, you wanted the best. Uh, I got the best. Honest man in the world. Kiss feel all right on Saturday night.
4: Here's the thing though. They're not the best.
3: No, they do no, You're right. They're right. But no one gives back then. They, they set the standards for busting your ass to give the fans a great concert. They pulled out all the stops and now that's all they do in concerts. Now the concerts are more theatrical than they've ever been. And the first group to ever do that was kiss making concerts theatrical and over the top pyro effects. And now everybody does it because you got to give them more than just the music. So they were ahead of their time. Plus, and this is what I liked about kiss. They painted their face. Therefore they never aged.
4: Why didn't you start doing that? When you <laughs> went back to, uh, to wrestling on TV, like Excalibur's paint my face Excalibur never, never going to age. No, he's not. Cause he's wearing a mask. Jr. has a gimmick for life with the cowboy hat and, uh-huh. and your gimmick is what? Looking disheveled. We got to get you doing some fucking kiss face paint. Here's the deal. They're not real. Cracking down on what you're wearing out there, unless it's, unless it's a a beach show and then they want you to get Tommy Bahama shirts and then bitch when they're not flowery enough. But outside Mm -hmm. of that, yeah, they kind of let you do what you want to do. So why don't you just paint your face like a kiss asshole and just see what you can get away.
3: Paint my face like a kiss asshole.
4: Yeah. Like that fucking cat asshole.
3: Hey, you need, you need to stop it. You need to stop selling the good goddamn name of the hottest band in the world.
4: Kiss. I didn't say shit about Led Zeppelin.
3: I don't see Led Zeppelin still together.
4: Led Zeppelin.
3: Far- I don't see ACDC. Well, I, I guess they're attempting to be together.
4: Wait a minute. Gene Simmons has replaced every group of that fucking band over the years.
3: Now he's only replaced two.
4: Well, That's enough. All right.
3: Kiss is Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. Everybody else just a, a bit player. I'm not here to argue Kiss with you, buddy.
4: All right. You're here to watch uh Jerry Toot drop the demon on his goddamn head.
3: Yes, Jerry Toot.
4: Well, oh. e- easily the best last name ever.
3: Yeah. I'll I yeah, use
4: that as my wrestling name. Jerry yeah. Toot. Coming he
3: to pretty, Look, he had a pretty good right hand, didn't he?
4: That's pretty good working punch. Can you imagine what he could have done had he been able to hang in there? Yeah, you're right. I I think there was, I think he had a lot
3: of upside, a lot of upside.
4: I mean, the dude passed away in 2003. So just like three years after this, he's gone and he really only popped off here from like 99 to 01, right? That was it. The
3: last couple of years of WCW is when he popped off.
4: He died when he was thirty six, dude. Yikes! You really think about that? I mean, he could have done stuff for a lot longer.
3: There's a lot, there's a lot of
4: guys in the business that
3: have gone too soon.
4: Well, a lot of guys. Let's uh, let's let's do something right now to sort of lighten the mood. Let's play. All the, right. Let's play the Google game.
3: <sighs> okay.
4: <clears throat> I typed in, "Is it true?" I want you to go to Google and I want you to type in, is it true? And Don't type anything else and just see what your suggestions are. You want me to do it, but I'll tell you what, my bottom suggestion is my favorite one, and I'm going to let you finish the question because I started Google tags in, but we're going to need the hot tag from Tony Schiavone. Are you ready? So what am I doing here? What I'm, am I reading? I'm going to start a sentence. That's on my suggestion. It starts it starts with, is it true? And I gave that to Google. And then Google gave me the next four words. And I want after that for you to finish the sentence. So Google's gonna be the middle of the sentence. You're gonna be the end. You ready?
3: Mine are boring.
4: Is it true that pineapple makes your love quiz? Wait, not that. I need you to <laughs> finish the sentence. True, oh, the pineapple makes your dick hard. Oh gosh,
3: it's the first thing that came to mind, you know, because in, what, what does it
4: say? Did you type it in? Uh, well, here's the deal. I just typed, is it true? And that was a suggestion because apparently a lot of people have been Googling. Does eating pineapple really make your cum taste better? Oh, that's, a, that's uh, something that has been circulated for years, that gentlemen should ingest a lot of pineapple. But apparently, ladies have caught on, too. So if you start to even pretend to Google that, lots of people are asking the question, uh, will eating pineapple really make your vagina taste better? And, you know, you're an expert. You've been eating cooter since the 70s. Does eating pineapple make cooter taste better?
3: I don't know. Uh, back in the 70s, you know, they didn't, they didn't worry about uh, hygiene as much as they do now.
4: Yeah, I was told that back in your day, you had to do it by candlelight and you would like blow on it just to find the seam, (laughs) like a treasure map. Yeah, that's right. You got me.
3: Hey, another match is done.
4: Thank God. That one gets negative one star. Meltzer says he came inches from being seriously injured on the landing. Demon then got up on the top and wall got up and chokes land him off the top of the map. So there you go. Now, next up, we're going to get an interesting little backstage segment from the one and only Ernest, the cat Miller. And I think we should just play the audio. Cause what can we say? That's more entertaining than what he's going to say.
3: Absolutely nothing. You are right. We ought to go to mean gene with the cat.
0: Right now, I'm joined by Ernest the Cat Miller, and I've looked high and low. We're here at Super Brawl 2000 and no James Brown.
5: You know, you're wasting all that time looking for James Brown. You need to find a breath man because your breath smell like some old neck bones. <laughs>
0: There is no James Brown. You can insult James me. James
5: Brown is here, baby. I told you we're going to be here. Believe me. Trust the cat. James Brown going to be in the ring tonight. We're going to get down. We're going to dance tonight, baby.
0: I don't know if I trust you <laughs> or not. I'll tell you one thing. I've talked Ooh. to the maestro. He says you should get into classical music. Something like Beethoven.
5: Beethoven. Let me tell you what. Beethoven, brother, stole this stuff from Little Richard. And little Richard stole this stuff from James Brown <laughs> and James Brown. gonna get down tonight. We're going to turn it out, baby. We're going to get funky. <laughs> shut up. Mean gene.
4: My favorite part of the whole deal is just telling him to shut up at the end. <laughs> shut up. Mean gene. <laughs> Next up, by the way, we've got a skins match with Take uh, tank Abbott and big Al. this is a leather UFC jacket on a pole match. It goes four minutes and 34 seconds, and Meltzer would say at this point, tanks should never go more than 134. Uh, this was a combination of really stiff blows and bad language. Abbott sold real big for his buddy. They were, by pro wrestling standards, totally potato- potatoing each other with blows. The crowd had no idea how to take this, but it wasn't a positive confusion. Abbott made a comeback. Put Al on his shoulders, like for a Samoan drop, then climbed the ropes with Al's life being in grave danger by the shakiness while Abbott was climbing. Right before Abbott got to the top, he dropped Al all the way to the floor, which was actually the planned spot. Al lived. Tank went to the floor and punched Al, then got the jacket for the win. After the match, Abbott pulled out a switchblade and put it to Al's throat and made a remark how he could kill him right there. The director pulled away from the shot and in an absolute panic. Tony Schiavone and thinking on his feet, tried to suggest that Abbott had scissors and not a switchblade and was looking to cut Al's hair of which he didn't have any. Okay. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't great thinking on his feet. Everyone was asking questions about that one after star in a quarter. Is this the biggest example of what the fuck are we doing in WCW in the year 2000? The biggest example I can think of. So my God, I don't even know that we can really do this justice. I think when the match actually gets going, you and I should watch it and we should play the audio with it and then just make fun of it together the whole time,
3: you know, WWE may have pulled out the spot out.
4: Oh, I'm sure they're going to pull out the, I could kill you right here. Cause I'm sure they're doing the video release. Uh, first of all, how crazy is it? You guys have a, a leather UFC jacket hanging from the pole. Like, I don't understand why you would be plugging another promotion like this. I know. Ugh. Can you imagine wow. Tank Abbott crawling a fucking pole? <clears throat> I need him to do it to like, she's my cherry pie.
3: I guess they wanted uh, Big Al to look like uh, Stone Cold, didn't they?
4: I don't know. I'm I'm distracted now thinking about getting you to a strip club sometime soon and filming it for Loki Big Hog get together, which is coming up fast.
3: What's this? What are you talking about me and a strip club? I'm sorry.
4: You think that's supposed to look like Stone Cold? Well, bald, leather jacket, jeans. Yeah.
3: I mean, I I think we wanted him to look like Stone Cold. I mean, he doesn't, but I think we wanted him to. This guy looks like an absolute asshole. He looks lost. Well, he's going to be lost here pretty soon, isn't he? He's going to have a switchblade to his throat.
4: This is the least intimidating, intimidating guy ever. Like, he's supposed to look intimidating, and he does not. He looks like a guy who drinks fucking... Bud Light seltzer. <laughs> By the way, can't be a badass and drink Bud Light seltzer. I'm not listening to it.
3: I don't know. I bet you some badasses out there do drink that oh, stuff. I'm
4: sure, they do. I'm just saying it's hard to look like a badass as you sip your goddamn seltzer. So well,
3: sense. I do know for a fact that there are many of my good friends that after an AEW event that slip, that slip, white, <laughs> that white, sip white, claws, white claw.
4: Baby, that's different. Okay. White claws are different than Bud Light Seltzer. Okay. Bud Light Seltzer is an abomination. Something that shouldn't be.
3: Yeah, that's just Anheuser Busch people wanting to try to take over everything.
4: Absolutely it is. Sort of like WWE. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying the WWE
3: is the Bud Light Seltzer of Wrestling?
4: If you think WWE is not the Anheuser Busch of of wrestling, you're wrong. Oh. oh I know they are. All right, so here we go. They're going to hook him up. Let me tell you, listen?
1: he's the real deal. So, if Paul Lorndorf can give you that stamp of approval, I think the sky's the limit for Tank Abbott. And you talk about the stars of World Championship Wrestling to face Tank Abbott. I don't see too many people lining up to meet Tank. And the Big Al's got his belt. go! Take it! go! doing here, Mike. And they're exchanging fashion tips. Yeah, what they're tying each other together?
2: Come on, Strap it up.
1: It's exactly Strap what they're strapping it up. It up. Well, they're longtime bring friends, longtime oh, bros, if you will. Oh, yeah, but, but wait a minute. Think about this. That takes away the devastating right hand from Tank Abbott. What's he thinking about? Well, he's letting his emotions take him away. It. Bring, bring it. Bring some more. Bring oh, they're daring it. each other. To oh. Bring it is what he said. Oh, Oh, God! He said, come on, a, come hey, on bring it. Me. Come on! Bring some more shit to the top, Oh, man! Hard left hands and bad language. What else do you want? And look at Tank fight back with a left that rock big out. And it's only his left! That's right, only his left, and he gets pulling.
4: Back. By the way, they're yelling, fuck you, and bring it, and goddamn it, and bitch, and pussy, and. All right on pay-per-view,
3: and they were talking to Mickey J, and he was holding his earpiece. They were saying, "Mickey J, tell him to stop that." And Mickey was like, "I can't do a fucking thing."
4: And of course, Big Al took the belt off. I tried to do a a worked little strap match type deal that, in theory, took away the power of Tank Abbott's big right hand.
1: I don't know what
4: now. He's got uh, Tank prone to. Uh, I think he's gonna to try to drag him, drag his no-no into the ring post.
1: He's gonna bust him up
5: right here.
4: here we go, good for him. boy, Big Al. This is terrible, Tony.
3: Yeah, this may be the worst thing we've ever seen, and we've seen bad shit on our podcast.
5: And the fact is, he could have.
4: Now he's gonna start the climb to the top.
1: He's still down.
4: The world's uh, slowest he's still down. climb, Jesus.
1: more pain and punishment? Oh wait a minute. Oh
4: god. Standing on Tank Abbott's face. The tank's not moving.
1: Whoa.
4: What the fuck are we watching, Tony?
1: He's
4: gone and done, and now he's mad. I don't know
3: what we're, we're watching two maniacs and let, fuck, let them do whatever they want to do.
4: that like a real punch.
3: Yep. Well, I think everything Tank Abbott did was kind of real because I don't think he knew how to work. Oh,
4: that's some working forearms. Slung his ass like a sack of potatoes.
1: <laughs> this is brutal.
4: By the way, this might be the he best shape I ever saw Tank Abbott in He's leaned up a little bit here.
3: Had to get in shape for this great match. It's
4: a barn burner. Oh, uh. oh fuck this.
1: Oh shit, those are real. Guys, no way they can keep throwing them like this for very long. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Boy, that's dead weight, legitimately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything he wants. He's gonna to try to climb the ropes, but oh, anyways, would on drop his it. shoulders.
1: Carry him up, with it. He's climbing the ropes with Al on his back and not using anything else to support Al. Is he
4: crazy? Oh my God.
1: Unbelievable. Look out!
4: Oh my God! What a tumble! A legitimate tumble. Down he comes. Punches him in the sternum.
1: And it hits <laughs> him in the.
4: Tells the him to stay
1: good measure should
4: not have jumped down. Should've just kept the spin. jacket. He got it. There is a merciful God. Let's see if it's cut out. Tank, to crank the volume for us.
1: Tank Abbott survives this lesson in brutality. We're all speechless looking at each other. Like we can't believe what we just saw. And the scary part is, I think we've only seen a small fraction of what Dave Tank Abbott can do. Don't call him Dave to his face. I'm allowed to call him Dave. Mm -hmm. No, I am, really.
3: Uh, Out comes uh, Danny Young, the trainer, and Danny Young gets kicked by Tank Abbott. What's Tank Abbott going to do?
1: He's going to skin him, I think. Does he have a knife to his throat?
3: I think maybe that was a pair of scissors. going to cut off his beard or something. I'm not sure.
4: Oh my God. Mark Madden to fuck with you said, maybe it was salad tongs. (laughs) Can you believe you just saw a guy put another, put another guy on the ground and then pull a switchblade, put the blade to his neck and say, Bitch, I could fucking kill you right now.
3: Oh, uh, the WWE left it in. That's, that's priceless in itself.
4: It's tremendous. What do you think uh, what do you think, Stevie Ray is saying here with Clarence Mason and Ahmed Johnson in tow?
3: What I'm saying is, brother, is that I have seen many switchblades in my life. That little honky motherfucker come me with a switchblade, I stick it up his ass. Suckers got to know. I that's all you need to know.
4: We're about to have our sixth match here on the show. Between six t- match. This is our sixth match so far. Take
3: it. We Ab- haven't had one go over three minutes, have we?
4: Uh yeah. Take Abbott and uh Big Al went four thirty-four. Okay. Wall and Demon went three thirty seven. Three count and uh Norman Smiley went four oh six. Brian knobs and Bam Bam went four forty four. And uh Prince IK and last three went five forty seven. So they're all short. And this one's going to be no exception. Five minutes and 23 seconds. Here's big T Tony Norris, the former Ahmed Johnson going to take on Booker in a Sesame street death match. The letter T the gimmick here for real is these guys are fighting (laughs) over the letter T T gotcha because there's big T and there's Booker T there can only be one T you see, right? I see.
3: And I believe big T and Stevie Ray are the new Harlem heat,
4: right? You got it. Okay. Melzer would say this was ungodly bad. Actually, the former Ahmed Johnson is now pregnant. <laughs> uh, he actually carried Booker to maybe the worst match of his career. Booker used a dropkick off the top rope when the lights went out seemingly forever, teasing that midnight was coming with her music. Of course, she's not even in the company anymore. This gigantic human showed up on the apron, Teddy Reed, formerly of the no limit soldiers gimmick and Booker stared at him, allowing Booker T to come from behind with a really bad tiger driver for the wind. What do you think Booker T saying right here?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, Gene, let me tell you something right now. They're going to put me in the ring with this fat ass motherfucker, fat ass. And they think he is the new holly meat motherfucker going to be smuggling a basketball to the ring. In his guts. That's what i am talking about. In the ring, in his guts. Because he's a fat ass. And there's nothing fat about Booker T. As a matter of fact, me and Paisley later are going to leave this company. And this company can kiss our ass because I'm going to go somewhere and be a big star. A big star. I'm going to go to a place where they make stars. Not this piece of shit company that I'm working for now. Something like that.
4: And here we go. Super Mm. brawl 2000 continues. I guess we should mention coming up on the show. We've got some fun stuff next week. It's going to be maybe my favorite thing to do with you. Hashtag ask Tony, anything. All right. Uh, you can scoot on over right now and ask Tony, anything on Twitter at WHW Monday, ask your questions on Twitter and we will hit them up next week. It's hashtag ask Tony, anything, uh, Tony, is there anything in particular off limits?
3: Yeah, don't ask me anything about uh, uh, Backstage about AEW Because I'm not going to give away anything backstage So don't ask me anything about You know, how does it work? You know, who came up with this? I'm not doing that We're talking about
4: what happened when Not what's happening now Which is a new podcast I'll be doing with Taz, brother Where he just (laughs) gives all the scoops He wears a camera in the meetings and broadcast it for everybody to see, Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, you've told us before serious business that you okay. didn't want to talk about how you cleaned out your asshole. Yeah. Is there anything else like that? <laughs> just go ahead and get out in the open that you just would really rather not talk about, uh, no. Okay. So no. assholes back on now.
3: Yeah. You can talk about my asshole. Okay. All right. If you got to ask a question about my asshole then you need to seriously look at yourself in the mirror.
4: I don't have any questions about your asshole, but our listeners, you know, well, I want to well, make them happy, you know? Well,
3: if it makes them happy. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll do that.
4: Okay. Well, that's great. Send your tweets about Tony's asshole at WHW Monday. Uh, I don't think we can post pictures of it yet. Although, uh, Whitney Wright maybe has found a loophole. Cause I think I'm seeing some questionable pictures of hers recently. Hmm. <sighs> By the way, when's the last time you talked to old Whitney? I've never talked to The only time I talked to Whitney was
3: last year at StarCast. About a year ago. Last May. StarCast in Vegas. The after party. And it went well? Yeah, I didn't know her back then. I didn't know who she was back then.
4: But now you're into it.
3: Now you know. Now, now I know who she is. I'd like to talk to her again, knowing who she is.
4: Well, I can arrange that. You're going to be out there in Vegas soon. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to... Um, I'd like to read you a tweet from this past weekend with Whitney, right? If you could indulge me.
3: Yeah, sure. Go ahead.
4: She, uh, posted, uh, a picture of the inside of her right arm and it was bruised pretty severely. And she puts the, uh, the comment with the tweet picture, whoever I fucked yesterday, who gave me this bruise, please contact me. I would like a matching one on the other arm. I need to be hate fucked, finish the job, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. That's, uh,
3: I didn't need to hear that.
4: You got tweeted a lot on that. Oh God. A lot of people were thinking maybe you were involved. Oh my God. I don't even want to be near that. What was your whereabouts this past weekend? Were you on the West coast?
3: I couldn't, I couldn't bruise my own dick with my left hand. I, well, it's true.
4: This didn't look like a Peter <laughs> bruise. It looked like a hand bruise where someone okay. held her down and then maybe ra- ran things in her or something like that.
3: That's terrible. Look at this. Let's let's hear it for the being able to suplex that big guy over.
4: That's a big boy.
3: That it is.
4: Booker T Mom, get up. Booker get up. T's a man and a half. Yes. Is he not? Yo, yes. Is he still with us? Booker T? No. It's on WWE TV every weekend.
3: No, I'm talking about the other guy.
4: Yeah, he's still with us. Ahmed. He's only 56.
3: Wow. Some guys have not made it that long.
4: You know, he played for the Cowboys.
3: Well, fuck him then.
4: You know, he went to the University of Tennessee.
3: And really fuck him. Could be worse. Could have gone with the Auburn.
4: That would be worse, I
3: guess. Yeah, it'd be worse than anything.
4: Did you see our great close personal friend of the show? Cole Kublik as a commentator for the XFL. Is he really? He was on ABC this past weekend.
3: Well, good for them. I'm glad they really scraped the bottom of the barrel, finding people to commentate the XFL.
4: You know, I heard that the new wrestling company, uh, got the old guy who used to be on TBS 30 years ago and dusted him off. Yeah. I know it's weird how, when it comes to major broadcast network television, you got to scrape the bottom of the barrel.
3: I, you should never talk about Jr. like that because he's our
4: friend. He is by the way. I had a tremendous time with him, uh, abroad. Have you heard any of the stories yet? I've
3: I've not heard any of the stories yet, but I wanted to ask you how successful that was.
4: Oh, it was huge. It was hanging from the rafters. And by the way, we should mention, uh, Kenny and his bunch. Inside the ropes, they're putting together another tour in April, this time with one of your AEW brethren named Kenny Omega So Uh across the pond. And you'd like to, uh, hear some things about the inner workings of AEW and some of the stuff through his entire new Japan run, which is rather historic. Most people would call him the best wrestler in the world and certainly had the best match of all time. According to the wrestling observer newsletter, you can do that. And you can probably pick his brain about WWE developmental and why he didn't go back and instead chose to sign with AEW tickets are on sale now for inside the ropes. It's going to go down in April. I uh, go out of your way to do this. Uh, who knows when you'll get a chance to meet and greet one of the all time greats, Kenny Omega again,
3: It should be a very, very good show wherever he is. He's a very engaging guy,
4: very introspective. He takes it very seriously. Um, he has an artistic approach towards professional wrestling that makes him unique. Yes, he does. Holy shit. Man, Booker T just flew across that ring. Did he not? <laughs> yes, he did. Can you imagine being one of Booker T's kids? He's like, take your ass to bed. And then you try to sneak out and you you think he's up. You're sprinting before you know. <laughs> Daddy go, whoop me. I better get back in the bed.
3: <clears throat> Damn, you're right, man. Booker T is a man's man.
4: Seriously, of everyone in this, and and mm-hmm. by the way, there are some badass. I mean, Ahmed Johnson had a whole layout in the Raw magazine about his gang. Lights go out. I think when the lights come on, it's Sabu. I hope.
3: <laughs> well, if it is, then Tad's gonna hit him from behind.
4: Trick a treat, motherfucker. Nothing. Oh no, there he is large and in charge, big swole. <laughs> Pearl river plunge should have just lifted that leg, but going to waddle over, there we go. Uno dose trace count to a hundred. At this juncture
3: in the show, which we are. What
4: a massive human being.
3: Yeah. You're not kidding.
4: He should have yes. taken the jacket off. It, it takes away from how big he is. That's, That's more like a, I like a leather sheet.
3: <laughs> we are not really halfway through the show yet, but we're close.
4: We're We're, seven, we're six matches in. We're on to match number seven. Okay. Here's my question.
3: <clears throat> Do we have, are we going to have a good match in this fucking show or not?
4: Well, you we still got Ric Flair and Terry Falk coming up, but well, that doesn't mean anything. Okay. Well, you got Lex Luger and Hulk Hogan coming okay, up. Okay.
3: That doesn't mean shit. All right. Well,
4: you got Sid and Scott Hall and Jeff. All Greer right. Stop. No, You've answered my question. There's no good matches. Okay. No good matches. I still do think the best match is yet to come though. I'm I'm an optimist.
3: I'm sure it is because it can't get any worse. Now. Can
4: it, this one got negative one star, the match coming up next though. Billy Kidman and vampiro. How about this? Two and a quarter stars. That's pretty. Oh, good. okay. All right. There you go. Blair and Funk get two and a quarter. we still got two good things coming. Well, listen, if, if uh, when the high points of Billy Kidman match, you're kind of fucked, mm -hmm. by the way, maestro. Yeah. Your favorite maestro moment.
3: Uh, I have, uh, I have none. Maybe. Well, wait a minute now. Maybe it's, uh. Maybe it's when we first saw him with the piano and everything. It was kind of a pretty good visual.
4: Here's the, uh, here's his voice. <laughs> if he fails to produce Buster Brown. Then he belongs to the straw and he'll be with Beethoven and become
2: my personal actie. and I eagerly await your response cat. Ha! Uh,
4: not the best promo in the history no. of the business, but the gist is if James Brown shows up, like the cat has said. I'll listen exclusively to James Brown music, but if he doesn't show up, and the cat has to listen exclusively to Beethoven.
3: Wow, that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good angle for a match, isn't it?
4: Those stakes oh. are big. Oh, oh, oh,
3: oh, oh! We're gonna see uh, Tory, right? I hope so. Oh, yeah! I saw there was a sign when they cut away from the switchblade. Did you see the sign? It said Tory four sixty
4: nine. Are you for it?
3: Yes. F O R
4: telling the story of the matches. What do you mean? The story of the matches? We got Billy Kidman and Vampiro coming up next. Well, this is like
3: they've had matches before, so they're going to, they're showing the story of the matches leading up to it.
4: Meltzer says mass didn't have any heat, but it was clearly the class of the show to this point, but they've also uh, missed a flying head scissors spot so badly. And Vampiro did a drop kick off the top rope with Kidman in the wrong position. Uh, the crowd was more into Vampiro than Kidman. Kidman won with a swinging reverse DDT off the top. Tori Wilson was there and even did a spot where she was on the apron and collided with Kidman two and a quarter stars and Kidman as uh, Bruce Pritchard would say, was looking all the way live here or Mm. Wilson rather. Uh, we should mention that, uh, Tori Wilson right here is what? Um, all the way live. Well, no, I'm just trying to think. I think she's 24 right here.
3: Okay. Yeah. That sounds about right.
4: I think that's right. Yeah, that's right. So she's 24 and, uh, I don't know, just probably illegal in a half dozen states.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Just looking at her makes you feel it's
4: illegal. It also, you know, really adds to the, the underdog story of Billy Kidman. Oh, it does. Well, I mean, he's like the Forrest Gump of wrestling. When you think about it, right?
3: Yeah. He's a fucking idiot.
4: Well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like nobody expected that he would beat Hulk Hogan. Nobody expected that he would get off Saturday night and make it to Monday night, much less have pay-per-view matches, much less become a stable mate with Raven, much less. Claim multiple pieces of gold, much less beat Hulk Hogan, much less marry Tori Wilson. I mean, Tor- this motherfucker's an overachiever. Uh,
3: yeah. yeah, I would agree with all those, on all those counts. A damn, it's over- a long fucking story, isn't it?
4: The longest.
3: We get it. We fucking get it.
4: By the way, a, uh, a member of uh, the wrestling community that you and I hold near and dear to our heart. Sent me a Forrest Gump meme this past week.
3: Uh
4: Uh-huh. It has the, the, the Jenny character in the back of the bus, holding up the peace sign saying goodbye to Forrest. And she says so long Forrest. I'll be back when you're a shrimp billionaire and I'm a single mom with AIDS. That's terrible. What did he say? That wasn't true. (laughs) <laughs> I fucking died laughing and sent it to you and you didn't respond. Uh, look at, it, look, it, look at, it, look at Billy kid. Oh, my goodness. Whew. Lord have mercy. There's hope for all of us. we got to get our shit together. You want to have hair like Charles Robinson? <laughs> Hey, um, what is it with uh, wrestlers wetting their hair before they go out? It is a major, major pet peeve of uh, Jim Ross.
3: I think the wrestlers uh, want to look like rock stars.
4: And rock stars have wet hair, is what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Shaggy, long, wet hair. I'm sure you're going to say that's well-documented. That's well-documented. Am I just feeding you lines now? This is not (laughs) an IFB.
3: No, really. they, they They want to look like rock stars, and they feel that rock stars have that long, wet hair, stringy hair. You know, this is not the big hair 80s. This was like 2000. Right. So there you go. And, of course, vampires have long, stringy, wet hair, too, apparently. That's, that's my feeling. I mean, why do they also oil themselves up? Why do they also put this stuff on them that makes their, this, I don't know what you call it. What's that stuff they put on them? I don't know. Self-tan. Some, yeah. Not self-tan, but they, they put this stuff, they put this stuff on before they go out and it smells real hot. Oh
4: yeah. But I, don't think they make, they do, I don't think they do that anymore. Do they? Oh yeah. They do it. Oh, I
3: didn't do yeah, they put it on and and they and it makes them I don't know, I guess it makes them tanner, redder.
4: Makes the veins pop a little more.
3: Whatever. Okay. Yeah. So they just it's all about, you know, the look, I guess.
4: I think it's called hot stuff.
3: Hot stuff. I think you're right. I think it is called hot stuff.
4: I mean I'm being serious. I think it's
3: called hot stuff. Yeah, I do. I I, I, I think you're right. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna Google hot stuff.
4: Well you're gonna find hot stuff at a Gilbert motherfucker. <laughs> I miss Eddie Gilbert. Can you imagine the fun Eddie Gilbert would be having with wrestling right now?
3: Oh, yeah. Okay. Donna Summer looking for some hot stuff, baby tonight.
4: If you type in hot stuff in your zip code, you're probably going to jail. <laughs> By the way, I almost almost made a little run uh, to Marietta recently. Really? Yeah. I saw a car over there I like. And then I fucked around and found one in Duluth. So I might be making a, a little pop by the Shivani household in the next week or so.
3: Oh, that'd be great. I won't be here. Probably, uh, hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert, hot stuff, uh, the 159th episode of happy days where the original Arnold's was burned down, hot stuff, aircraft, hot stuff. And the little devil hot stuff song by Donna summer. That's it.
4: Okay, well, It's actually called Hot Stuff uh, You can get it uh, I think it's actually called Protan Hot Stuff
3: Well thank you for finally
4: telling me that. The original Muscle Up Hot Stuff Definition Optimizer Oil
3: it's Between $10 there and $20 go. Well you're a better Googler Than I am
4: Well I mean I found your ass out of relative obscurity <laughs> All from a Google search
3: Enhance the appearance of your vascularity for the ultimate shredded look. Hot Stuff High Definition Optimizer Oil is formulated with natural buffers and Vasculex, an exclusive combination that helps assist in microcirculation and stimulation through the upper levels of your skin. You'll feel a deep warming heat that helps your muscles warm while pumping up backstage. Exceptional natural oils leave your skin with a perfect contest sheen. So apparently, it's uh, bodybuilders use
4: it too. Yeah, that's what I Googled. I Googled bodybuilding hot stuff, and it was the first yeah. return. Yeah. Um, are you going to use some hot stuff on your junk? No, my God. I think you should We're, because if
3: you I'm, did, I'm sure you think I should because then I would. My God.
4: It'd be all vain Hot stuff on your bad. junk?
3: What the fuck?
4: No, it'd be awesome.
3: No, it, be, it would be nothing. On, well, I, I can say this there is a. There is a thing called, uh, and I, uh, it's a friend of ours, Okay. A, com- a company that's a friend of ours. I love that. Okay. That's, uh, has this, uh, this thing in a, a bottle
4: Yeah.
3: called the crop reviver.
4: Oh yeah. I'm aware of them. Heard about okay.
3: them. Heard right. About and I, I, I have, I've got a couple bottles of bottles, the crop reviver and you spray it on your, your junk right. and it kind of makes it tingly.
4: Make that thing pop out on you. Eh, well, I
3: don't know if it'd make a it pop out on you, but it makes it tingly.
4: You ever swing it? Would, it ar- you ever try to swing it around? Just hit some folks with it. That, mine doesn't swing. Oh. Okay. What if you mine, like got a running start?
3: I got a running start? Yeah. Okay. It, it would,
4: uh, pop back in its hole. I want to see you lariat somebody with it. I, I do too, man. I've often. <sighs> what? You've often wanted to lariat somebody with your Peter.
3: Yeah. I've, I've. I now. I'm just look. This is a great shot of
4: Tory. Oh, Lord of Mercy! Oh, I gotta tell you, I was distracted for a minute doing some other. <gasps> I'm paying attention now. I need to go help her. <laughs> <laughs> we should go over to her house right now and see if she needs help. Is she, li- is does California, she live in Huntsville? No, but wherever she is, we could go.
3: Where do you think she lives now? California. I'm sure she-
4: All the pretty women live in California. Well, I've got enough
3: freaking flyer miles.
4: Yeah. I can't get you to come to Huntsville. You think you're going over there. I was
3: in Huntsville. By the way, she was our last podcast. We did from the
4: Yeah. She lives in LA. I was right. She's from (laughs) Boise, Idaho. If a girl, by the way, if a woman like Tori Wilson is in Boise, Idaho, she's just looking for directions. (laughs) Am I wrong? No, you're no, you're exactly right. Oh shit. Stacey Kiba, You want to guess where she lives?
3: Uh, Los Angeles,
4: Atlanta, Georgia. (gasps) <gasps> what the fuck are you doing Get your shit uh, together Tony Schiavone Fuck the six man belt We need Stacey Keebler in your life
3: where, But she's married to some sort of power broker That doesn't that, matter,
4: <laughs> you can be friends You're very non-threatening
3: Boy am I ever
4: <laughs> But then there's the Crop Reviver We don't have an ad for them this week Oh, I'm sorry Everybody knows what we're talking about. And if you don't listen to the archives and you'll figure it out.
3: Yep. Exactly.
4: Changed my life. By the
3: way, I just found her, uh, address Instagram. Oh God. How many stars does this thing get?
4: You want to guess? Uh, one. Two and a quarter. Two and a quarter. tied with flair and funk. Best match on the show.
3: Okay, good. The reason it's the best match on the show is a view from right there.
4: You know what? I may have misled you. I may have fell for some rumored in hmm. I can't believe this is real, but I believe Stacy lives in Jackson hole, Wyoming.
3: That sounds more like what she would probably be do live.
4: If that's real, we got to get, we got to get Bischoff on the case. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck is
3: Eric doing now, but working on a movie.
4: Nothing.
3: Right nothing
4: by the way that dude has the coolest life of anybody we know oh yeah i know seriously why the fucker created nitro he created the nwo He knocked Vince McMahon on his ass he created like three dozen tv shows he's got one of the biggest movies in history about to blow up on him he ran smackdown for a cup of coffee he married a playboy a lady who posed in playboy he was a fucking bouncer fought karate on espn what didn't this motherfucker do yeah
3: black belt you're right he you did a lot man
4: i mean he's like legitimately one of the most interesting people in wrestling and he just happens to be a little too smart for his own good so sometimes people complain when i ask him a question and it takes him 48 minutes to answer but it's better than the old Tony Schiavone. Just the facts, man. Yes. No. Oh
3: boy. How about that? It took you that long to throw my ass under the bus again.
4: You're like fucking Zodiac on here. You're, yes.
3: No. Yes. No. <laughs> well, it didn't take long, man. Must have doesn't been. matter what story it is. Bring it back to shit on Tony. Well, you fuck. I'm playing the hits. <laughs> okay. One, two, stay down, Billy.
4: Yeah, I think I, I think I've decided I'm gonna I'm gonna get this car. I'm gonna come see you this week. Whatever will you be home? I'm home all week. Great, I'll
3: see you. We're, we're running uh, uh, at this drops on Wednesday. We're running State Farm Arena in Atlanta.
4: Oh, I'm very well aware. I'm just saying you acted like you weren't gonna be here earlier, and I'm like, well, what the fuck? Why not? <laughs> well, I've got I've got some things I got to do Monday,
3: which is well past, and of course I got to. Yeah, I'll be here all week.
4: Great. I'll probably swing through like Thursday or Friday. Pick this ride up. Okay, sounds good. Really excited about it.
3: Oh, oh, okay, yeah, that's good. Thursday and Friday works great.
4: I'll take you for a ride in it. I'd love to go for a ride. Sister. I was
3: thinking about getting a new car, too.
4: Let's just go get them together.
3: Horseman's. No, I, I have a feeling that my want for a new car is a little bit different than your want for a new car. No, no,
4: I'm getting one that's three years old. I don't buy new cars. The match is over. It's a merciful God. All is right with the world. Tori Wilson is living with Billy Kidman. My goodness, man, that top under the top, call this replay here for us.
3: Okay. Picks him up, trying to put him down for a power bomb. He's got him down. He says, God damn it. I'm going to try to cover him. No, I'm going to pick it up again. Here he goes one more time. He tossed him in the center of the ring. Meanwhile, Oh, I don't know what you call that, but I think it hurt. Two, three, Billy Kidman saying, I'm sorry that happened. But the quicker I finish this match the quicker, I can see Tori naked in the back.
4: Swinging reverse DDT off the top is what Meltzer called it coming up next. We've got big Vito and Johnny, the bull, and they're going to be taking on David flair and crowbar for the tag team titles. How about this promo from Terry Falk? I'm going to play the audio.
0: That's exactly right, Gene. You know, Flair, you've messed around
3: hundreds of people in this business before, and you're not gonna mess around anymore, not after this death match. You've gotta remember my father was
5: king of the death matches. I promise you tonight, I am going to kick
0: your ass, and this boy's going to be with me right here.
5: Whoa, whoa, where are you going? Don't touch me!
2: yes sir Mr vicious
4: how about uh, Sid vicious Paul oh my God, it's David Flair
3: David Daphne crow for the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody put him on that the journey. up to the world tag team
4: title. <laughs> you love Daphne tell the truth
3: oh I did love Daphne a lot I have a lot of time for her. I um uh, Look at all did, How about Dustin Rhodes in the back there? This was uh was this this was pre-Gold Dust, right?
4: No, it's way after Gold Dust. It is?
3: Way after yeah, Gold Dust? Way after. See, I I my my Gold my Gold Dust history is I, I I'm I'm not good on Gold Dust history. When did Gold Dust first start?
4: 1995 really popped off and uh was a hot character very quickly. And then in 1998, things started to get very, very strange by 1999. I think he was, uh, winding up and heading over for you guys. Wow. But I tell you, it's, it's been really fun in more recent years, how people have sorta, I mean, probably the last seven years, they started to finally appreciate just how great he was. Uh, I think he popped up for you guys. I think he left the company in may of 99 and he was like. I don't know, late October, early November when he showed up on WCW of ninety nine. Uh and, and it was it was not great. Uh they did a couple of different ideas and and versions of the character here. None of them really, really worked. But he popped back up in the WWF after WCW was done and uh did really well. But then when he showed back up this last time in the WWF full time, he really, really did great shit probably 2013 ish. I think okay. is when he was back on my radar, he was working at a really, really high level, it's probably the best you know, version of Dustin we ever saw, which is really strange because he's gotten older and seemingly gotten better with age, which is pretty remarkable, especially when you consider him and, and Cody had one of the best matches of last year. Well, they had what was rated
3: as match of the year by PWI and listen. I I was talking to Dustin, of course, like you know, Dustin and I talk every week. Now I was talking to Dustin about his, his nickname, the natural, not, not gold dust, but of course the natural. And that's what we still call him. And I told him the story and he didn't know the story and it's a true story about how he was named the natural. His father named him the natural because Dusty told me years ago, he said when he first saw his son, Dustin work in the ring. He thought he had this natural ability that not many people had. Barry Windham had that natural ability. And he, he said, so he called him the natural because with Dustin, with Dusty, it was a shoot looking at his son. This kid's really natural in the ring. And, uh, Dustin didn't know that, but it's true. He did. And he still does. He just, some guys have it and some guys don't. I'm talking about being able to work in the ring. And, I, and Barry Windham had that obviously. And Rick Flair had that. Harley race had that the greats. And I think Dustin really is one of the greats as far as in-ring work is concerned. Chris Benoit had it. So that's where he got the name, the natural.
4: Without question.
3: From his dad. And now we're going to uh, world tag team title.
4: Yep. This is where we are. The mama Luke's crowbar, David flair. This is where the WCW titles are in 2000.
3: What in that trash can? No. There they come.
4: We should mention, uh, they get a lot of time here. Longest match on the card so far, 11 minutes, 22 seconds. Oh, Meltzer would say they real they worked real hard, but the crowd didn't care about this program. And the stretcher aspect of the match was preposterous killing it. Uh Kirlbar did a nice plancha, uh, off the top onto a stretcher. Daphne did a hurricane Rana and her blue wig flew off in the process. Mm -hmm. At one point they put David on a stretcher and he was halfway to the back. He got off the stretcher, totally revived. It didn't sell like he'd ever been beaten. (laughs) Vito powerbomb crowbar through a table. Johnny did a twisting leg drop off the top. Finally, they taped David to the stretcher and they had to sell that David couldn't get off even with this athletic tape that wasn't holding. Then the bell rang for no reason. Johnny hit (laughs) crowbar with a pipe. Vito splashed crowbar off the top rope through a table and he got carried off on a stretcher with that ridiculous tape. Although at least he'd taken a beating. The funny thing is the stretchers had restrainers that they could have locked the guys in with that would have looked better than the silly athletic tape. Then they put Daphne in a wheelchair and taped her up. Her being taped was the silliest of the three as the tape didn't hold, but she still had to sell it.
3: (laughs) It's like taping the throw switch in Halloween Havoc.
4: Recently a, uh, a gif popped up of Lex Luger and sting brawling around backstage at a WCW show. And someone uh-huh. tried to attack sting and essentially threw a bag of potato chips or a plate or bowl of potato chips and potato chips flew at Sting's stomach. And he sold it. <laughs> so we finally found stings kryptonite. And I guess anybody with ads kryptonite don't throw Lay's potato chips. Cause those Lay's original will fuck them up. <laughs> or maybe they're like Judy. And I had gluten and he's he's not tolerant of gluten.
3: <laughs> oh that's a pretty good spot. But uh Melcher's right, this this uh this stretcher gimmick sucks. I always thought though that Johnny the Bull had a pretty good look. Oh,
4: for sure, dude. Yeah. A top I mean, guy look.
3: Yeah, you sure did.
4: Just, you know, for whatever reason, I ain't hitting. No. What do you think that is?
3: Lost in the shuffle, man. You know, here's here's the deal. You, oh. you gotta learn how to do a promo, buddy. Hello, sweetheart. Hello, Darling. I was talking to Daphne.
4: Nice to see you.
3: Hello, darling. It's been
4: it's been a long time. Come on. What are you
3: doing? Hey, you know, we could do a take on uh on Merle Haggard's song Big City. Next week could we'll call it Big Titty. Is that what you want to do? Big Titty turn me loose and set me free.
4: You think Big Titty could turn you loose? I don't think you would turn Big Titty loose. That's the <laughs> issue. <laughs> If anybody knows Tony Schiavone, they know he ain't turning up no big titty loose. He the big titty near and dear.
3: I'm tired of this dirty old panties. What? I'm just coming up with different words for big city. Okay. Got along with big Vito awfully. Well,
4: I don't think he's a big fan of ours. Really? He's not. I think he probably hates our show. Really? What do we say to offend him? He's just friends with Vince Russo. And I think whenever our people tag Vince Russo and ugly shit, Russo or Vito's not a fan, maybe. I don't know, Uh, but you know, I'm a fan. He he ripped my sign up when I was a kid and mm -hmm. slapped me in the face with it and spit on me. It was great stuff.
3: Well, Vince Russo and I are are, are still good friends. Um, it was nice to have you talk to him. Uh, hang on. We texted back and forth, uh, on new year's
4: day. Okay. Well, yeah, there you go. He got a new number. I don't have the new number. He faved me.
3: And I know his son will very well. He's a good kid.
4: Oh, absolutely. He's a great yeah. guy.
3: And so, yeah, Vince and I, uh, I think he's new been year's- to the house. Hmm. So I don't, I you know, I know there's a lot of people that don't like you and me, and I well, get that. M-
4: mostly you, for honest. Well, whatever. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm the one with the heat. I get it. Yeah. Well. Well deserved. Wait! 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 Why? Do, why? 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 would you? Why would you say that?
3: Oh, I was talking about the mace in the face of oh, of uh, Disco okay. Inferno there. Well deserved. Good. I wasn't talking about <clears throat> any heat that you may have with people. I don't have any. No,
4: I'm a good guy. Yeah. Why are you making that noise?
3: I just, just I just like Daphne. Every, every time she saw the camera, she like screamed into it. That was cool. That was really cool. Really well done.
4: You don't get annoyed by that?
3: No. Oh, I get annoyed.
4: Really? Yeah.
3: I just thought it's different. I mean, to look at the hammers, like, oh, here it is. <laughs> you know, excited about the camera. With this match it's for the world tag team title.
4: Yep. This is the same <laughs> same set of titles that Arn and Tully held. And the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express and the Freebirds and the Rock yep. and Roll Express. And, and before Steiner that Brothers. the Anderson Brothers.
3: And the A- Ole and Arn. I mean Rick Flair, Greg Valentine, oh. Blackjack Mulligan and Rick Flair. Yeah.
4: The Outsiders, Harlem Heat.
3: Outsiders, East. Harlem East. and now the Mamelukes, Crowbar, and David Flair. Well, it's got to be a pretty good spot, one would think.
4: Serious business. This is the same, you know, set of tag titles. It's pretty remarkable when you think about it, because when you go back through history, you can really start to see how things move. Yeah. Like in 83, you had Jack and Jerry Briscoe. You mm, had absolutely. Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood. Right.
3: That's when I first started.
4: In 84, you had, you know, like Manny Fernandez and Dusty Rhodes. Mm-hmm. In 85, you had the Russians and the rock and rolls. In 86, right. you had the Midnight Express. In 87, you had Arn and Tully. And 88, you had the Road Warriors. Ninety nine, you had Mike Rotunda and Doctor Death, the Varsity Club, and the Steiner Brothers. In ninety, you had Doom, and the Fabulous Freebirds. In ninety one, you had uh, Ricky Steamboat and Dustin Rhodes. In ninety one, Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton. In ninety two, Terry Gordy and Steve Williams. In ninety two, Wyndham and Dustin. In ninety two, Steamboat and Douglas. In ninety two, the Hollywood blonde, Steve Austin, Brian Pillman. In ninety three. And then you had the nasty boys and Bagwell and Scorpio, and uh, Paul Roma and Paul Orndorff and the Patriot and Bagwell.
3: Oop! Oh, starting to go downhill now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and Dick Slater and Bunkhouse Buck and the American Males. Oh! And the Public An- Enemy An- and Lex Luger and the Giant. And then we started to turn things around. Sting Kevin Nash, Scott Hall <laughs> and the Giant. How about Rick Steiner and Kenny Chaos? What? Whoa. What? Yeah, it's weird because you go through this great patch of tremendous tag team wrestlers, and then you wind up with this, this,
3: and you could, you could, you can even see as you're talking about it, I can see in my mind business being up and business, being down during those, during those times.
4: You know, that's fascinating that you point out to that or that you point that out because I think, uh, when WCW's business started to take a shit, that's probably when some of the silly stuff started. Oh my God. It did Halloween havoc, 1998. So just a couple of months prior to the finger poke of Doom, where you guys beat Goldberg a couple of weeks before it was uh-huh. Rick Steiner and Kenny chaos. There you go. And then, and then here comes the slide.
3: How about that?
4: I think you could track WCW's history through the tag titles. How about
3: that? Yeah. You really, you really, there's something to be said for that.
4: Hey, as you're talking about
3: all this, it was very interesting. But we did see a great move by Johnny, the bull hopping up on that top and coming off of that leg drop. That was very, very well done, man. But now it's broken down to be
4: the leg drop to the floor. He did broke his asshole. Wow. I don't, I mean, as a rule of thumb, don't climb real high to the top of things and then try to land directly on your tailbone. Right. Unless you want a broken asshole. Don't want a broken asshole. I mean, unless you're Whitney, right. And then you probably want that and some bruises on your arm. Man, I can't speak for her, but I don't want one. I got to get you hooked up with her. Just for like coffee or something. Yeah. That,
3: that wouldn't work. Why? God, uh, God bless her. I, I, I love her. Uh, but that wouldn't work. Why not? Cause I wouldn't go home.
4: What do you mean you wouldn't go home?
3: I would be like a little lap dog. I'll say, where are you going after this? Whitney. Okay. Well, I'll follow you and that will be it. I'll be done. Meeting for AEW dynamite. Where's Tony? I don't know. Last time we saw him, he was in Vegas. Wait, are you saying he would, I, he my would, life, my life would end. Would leave? I just, I, I need, I need to, I need to keep I need to have Whitney at a distance in my, right.
4: in my mind's eye. Wait, wait, hang on,
3: hang on, hang on. I, right. It can't get real with me. Oh, with hang,
4: hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are yeah. you suggesting you need to go into the Whitney protection program? I think I would have gone. Yes. So you're going
3: into the Whitney protection program.
4: Oh, I, w- I would have.
3: Yes. I'm going into the Whitney protection program. We
4: can't get Whitney near you. We have to protect you from Whitney. No, no.
3: It's, it, it, it's protect me from myself. Okay. Hey, this, uh, this tape is uh, really working, isn't it? Oh, here's one. Don't tape a guy up. That's sweaty.
4: Well, here's one. You literally laid them on top of the restraints. I can see them underneath. Mm. Why don't you just, you know, like hook them up or whatever? Yeah. I can't see. believe you finally joined the Whitney Protection Program. Well, believe you me. <laughs> I mean, are you excited? Uh, that you'll never have to see her? I I'm, I'm I'm relieved.
3: Never take come on, guys. This wrong. This thing is brutal, man. What how many stars this thing is terrible? And hey, listen, Big Vito, it has nothing to do with you, Johnny the Bull. A lot to do with with obviously Disco Inferno, but
4: It gets half a star.
3: Oh, it's fucking brutal. Johnny the Bull got a little uh blood on the right eye there, man.
4: By the way, we should mention. Um, the show drew 5,500 and 3,000, oh, let me start over 5,538 paid for 3,031 comps to the cow palace. So this is one empty fucking building for there to be 5,500 people there. Yeah, you did have a gate of 177 grand, 38,000 in merchandise. And this is with the return to pay-per-view for Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Pretty abysmal house for that. Wouldn't you think?
3: Yeah. Boy, was it ever because overall the, the company was the shits. So it didn't matter who they brought out there. It's they could have brought out me out there naked. It wouldn't have drawn anything.
4: It's the fourth straight year where super Brawl has been brought to the Bay area. And the first one where tickets didn't sell out well in advance as a comparison last year with Hogan and flair as a headliner. This was the last WCW WCW show to do more than a 1.1 buy rate and it drew a $550,000 house. This year they did about one third the gate and they'll be doing well if one third of the buy rate of only a year ago. Is it the most remarkable fall off in wrestling history? WCW in early 99 to WCW in early 2000?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think uh, what would be second would be the, the last year of Jim Crockett promotions. Remarkable fall off there too. Had something great. Just didn't know how to handle it. And that tells you one thing, Conrad, and here's what it tells you. I really believe that. It's not to, not to put any knock on the Crockett family that I love, but to be able to run a successful wrestling company, you have to be a good business person business person. And that's why Vince has been successful. That's why I think, uh, AEW is going to be successful with Tony Khan at the, at the helm. The ones that have fallen by the wayside have been the ones that did not have a good business sense in the beginning. Make sense. Yeah. I guess you can say that about any business, right? I I mean, you could have great, great creativity. You could have a lot of people that, know what they're doing in the ring, but if you don't have a person behind the scenes that says, Hey, we can't do this. We can not do this. Let's do this in marketing. Let's put our money in production. It's just, there's so much, there's so much about pro wrestling that fans never see. That's so important. Well, here comes a cat. Love him.
4: By the way, Melzer would say the general reaction to the show is this was the quietest wrestling crowd. Anyone could remember at the cow palace until the arrival of James Brown late in the show and yes, without being advertised or promoted, WCW actually paid a considerable sum to James Brown to put him on pay-per-view and not tell anybody. It was actually going to happen. So they spent a lot of money to get no return here.
3: Well, of course, now again, it's the surprise. The shock factor, right? A good businessman would have said, wait a second. We're bringing in James Brown for all this money and we're not getting anything out of it to promote the event to get people in the seats. So there you go. We're talking about the same thing. I feel good. Na, 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 Know that I should. na, 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 na. Living in America. That's the only two James Brown songs I know. All right. But he was a cool motherfucker. Was he? Oh yeah, he was a cool motherfucker. Matter of fact, he was on he was on ice for like three months before they put him in the ground. Before they put him in the ground. Well, you know that story, don't you? Yeah. I left him out. Left him out. That's really being cool, motherfucker. Man, we milking
4: this, aren't we? We are. Let's play a little audio here.
6: You people don't want to see
5: the greatest wrestler in the world down with the hardest working man in show business. Shut up. (laughs) lady. don't get your fat ass up again, okay? You people come here. You people come here and expect to see the cat make a fool out of myself. Too late. Hey now. It's not working. You people gonna see James Brown tonight? You people gonna see the cat tonight? Get in this ring and turn it out. <laughs> Lady, I told you, don't look at me like that. I know what you need. <laughs>
1: told Brian, you. Get out of here. All right, let's bring him on.
2: Go James, go James. James Brown is here, baby.
1: to admit. Yeah, but you had dinner with this guy last night in the not, cat? Not this guy. On, I had dinner Jay. with James Brown. This Give ain't him.
6: The ring, Come
5: on, James. <laughs> I'm sorry about this
1: man that's obviously not. Are you sure it's not him? Of course you am sure it's not him. Open your eyes. i got to admit I'm disappointed, confounded, and flustered. Go, James. Go, James.
4: How about piping in all the fucking noise here for this fake James Brown? Ugh, this is terrible shit, dude.
3: It is, and we, we did we we didn't do it well. We didn't do, we didn't pipe in the fake news well. The fake news, the fake uh, noise, well.
4: I love you said fake news on a habit. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> Just, coming coming to the ring right now mm. is Maestro, looking only as he can look, and he's going to demand but moving forward he only listens. To Beethoven. Of course, we know how that's going to go over. Mm -hmm. This is uh, kind of a shame.
3: You like classical music, Conrad?
4: Oh, I listen to it all the time.
3: Really gets the creative juices flowing. It does. Mozart for the brain.
4: I'm sure you were thinking of it when you came up with some of those uh, storylines that we've seen on Wednesday night.
3: Hey. Some of those damn storylines are good.
4: Oh, I didn't argue that. I was, I was, I was being, how come I can't give you a compliment? Because
3: you're insincere. In what
4: way? No, no I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, let me rephrase
3: that. You're an insincere motherfucker. Now I got it right. I
4: think that's a lie. You a lie?
3: Is that what you're saying to me?
4: I am saying you a lie. I in- kind of caught on a little bit, didn't it? It did catch on a little bit. All right, here we go. He's sliding out of his jacket. He's getting ready to dance. Let's play the audio. A well, big surprise, huh?
5: Don't you ever disrespect James like that again? Not the Godfather
0: soul. Says who? Says me.
4: What? Of course, they can't license the goddamn music on the WWE network. So we get this knockoff bullshit that he's coming out to. Got a whole group of folks with him. Always did. A posse. I feel like you're a low-key James Brown fan.
3: Oh, he was a cool motherfucker, man. Really cool. I mean they didn't stick him in the ground for three days, three months. That's pretty cool.
4: Well, if you haven't already, as we're waiting on James Brown to make his entrance, don't forget to see Tony Shavani live tonight on TNT from State Farm Arena. Still a handful of tickets available, AWTicks.com and of course seven central eight eastern. On TNT AEW Dynamite, you're going to hear Tony Schiavone ooh and ah as Jim Ross and Excalibur commentate some wrestling matches.
3: Yeah, see? you fucking lie.
4: Oh, uh, what? Is Taz filling in for you this week? Nope. Oh, uh, there he is, the Godfather wow. of Soul, with an incredible posse behind him. Let's see what he says here. Maestro has fainted, by the way. Whooping, wow.
1: Get funky like a. I better not say that. It got me in trouble once. Unmistakable. The godfather of soul is here. And he's looking better than ever. I want to see him do a split. The cat and the godfather together again. It's tremendous. Genuflecting! Worshiping at the altar of the Godfather of Soul. Mike, today, this is tremendous.
4: What do you th- what do you make of this?
3: Well, okay. what I make of it is uh I I was thinking of something that Dusty told me years ago that big stars just have that presence. Yes they do. And James Brown had the fucking presence, didn't he? Yep. Didn't have to have all those people with him. You just knew, look at this. He was a big star. Wow.
4: Meltzer would say Nobody expected it, but at least they finally got to see somebody with some real star power. It's questionable whether Miller got any rub from it, but even if he did, the problem is he still can't deliver once the bell rings.
3: Exactly. Well, you know what? This is the best part of the show. Don't you agree? No. You don't? No. Okay, till right now. Did you see Tori earlier? Oh, yeah. Okay. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> Ooh. Didn't think about that.
4: Second best part of the show. James Brown. Putting the cape on him. Nice little way to give him the rub. Oh, that's, that's tremendous. How much, uh, who do you think had more cooter in their day? James Brown, <laughs> Klondike bill.
3: Uh, I would think James Brown did. I, bet so I couldn't, too. I couldn't see anybody getting any more than that.
4: Probably in his rider. You know what? In the case of the Sony,
3: Cooter rider.
4: To uh, six, six towels. Brand new towels.
3: That's what I should have asked for. My deal. I need a cooter rider.
4: I don't think you're allowed to have cooters in your rider in 2020.
3: Probably not.
4: You know what? I actually
3: you have, like you that. Have to re- you have to get Mike Dawkins on the phone. I have you, to rework it. Let's
4: talk about that. Dusty had the Midnight Rider. You could be a Cooter Rider. <laughs> what do you think?
3: With the mask and everything. What do you think? Big C on the front of it, Cooter. Or, yeah, I have to be a Big C. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Have a mask that just ha- is black. Just opens up down the middle, kind of a seam. Hmm. Scott Hall knows what's in the room Or was he in Sid Vicious' room? Oh, he's in Sid's room
4: says here?
3: He's in timeout <laughs>
2: Doesn't play well with others You know, I, when I broke into wrestling It wasn't a popularity contest You didn't have to get along with the other bizoys Or get along with the bookers If you could go And I think everybody knows Scott Hall can go And Jeff Jarrett and Sid Vicious are going to find out I can go And when I take that belt tonight I'm going to put it Gene, I'm going to put it where? Down
4: here oh, please. CG. I like Scott Hall's hole Down here
3: Yeah, he, it's Scott Hall One of the coolest motherfuckers Ever to be on a wrestling show
4: I mean, so what, what do you think? I've got to run to keep from hiding I'm bound to keep on riding mm-hmm. I've got one more Silver hair cooter <laughs> But I'm not going to let her catch me now Not going to let him catch The cooter rider Rider I don't own the clothes I'm wearing The road goes on forever This might be what we're doing next week I, I'm, I'm really excited about this look, I am too Lacuda look, look, rider here on the show
3: mm-hmm. It's going to be a t-shirt It's going to sell big time Alright, what type of Story are we getting into here Oh, flaring and Funk Okay, good So we got two matches left, right? And yep. so far Let's take a look at the scorecard on top, Tori Wilson. Yes. Number two. James Brown. James Brown. Number three. Oh, there is no number three. We're about to be there. Okay.
4: Rick Flair. Terry Funk. Texas deathmatch. Look how skinny Arn Anderson is.
3: Holy Led, shit.
4: Lebmere's too late. Pretty fired up about this,
6: Rick Flair.
4: How wow. fired up is Ric Flair in these old videos?
3: Oh yeah, he is.
4: <laughs> he must have just found out. But you're the Cooter Rider. He's not the Cooter Rider. I'm the Cooter Rider. Let's, let's, uh, let's listen to Flair's promo here.
0: And the Nature Boy, Rick Flair. They've seen it. You've lived it, Nature Boy. And tonight, the two of you collide in a death match.
2: I have lived it. I have bled it. I have sweated. But most importantly of all, mean woo, Gene, I have survived it. And it's not going to change. Not tonight. It's San Francisco. The cow I own Frisco. I own Terry Funk. I am Ric Flair, the greatest wrestler of all time. I don't like Texas death matches. I don't like any of that dirty stuff. But you know what? I got a nickname and it goes like this. The dirtiest player in the game. So if you want to get dirty, you want to get physical, you want to get mechanical, you want to get abstract, then Terry Funk, remember this, only you can wake up tomorrow, look at him mirror and say, well, "Whoa, causing all this?" Rick Flair that
0: kicked my ass last night. How about that, Mean Gene? How about that? I thank you, Nature Boy Rick Flair. This would be a barn burner, and we're going to be going out More there. More than a, a barn
2: burner. Texas Death. Two men walk in, Funk. One man walks out and says, "He is the man." Woo! And it'll be the Nature Boy.
4: I gotta tell you, I love when Flair gets excited like that, but the thing that always makes me laugh is whenever anybody says, Remember this, only you, I always want to cut him off and say, Can prevent forest fires. <laughs> Seriously, he's in the middle of this great promo, but I heard that four combinations of words. Remember this, only you can prevent forest fires. Huh. Shout out to Smoky <laughs>
3: Yes. Smokey has lasted has stood the test of time, hasn't he?
4: Smokey man.
3: He's man. He's the man.
4: Oh, Smokey's been doing his thing since 1944.
3: <laughs> okay,
4: let, let, let me let
3: me get this straight. In this show, by God, I look I look handsome here.
4: Dude, you could have been the real cooter rider right here. Speaking of bears, goddamn there's Smokey himself. <laughs>
3: Damn it. Item is no longer available, by the way
4: Please buy this fucking shit pay-per-view We'll send you this terrible bear
3: What the fuck were we doing?
4: A collector's bear? Seriously, how stupid Is the fucking marketing division Of this godforsaken company Where they think what people who ordered This pay-per-view Where we've got switchblades on people And all this other shit What they want is a fucking bear (laughs) Here's what you should've did Order this pay-per-view and we'll send you Klondike Bill's personal photo collection.
3: Yeah, we should have just killed ourselves what we should have done.
4: So how about it? Terry Funk with Dustin Rhodes in tow. Hmm? I like it. A Funk and I Rhodes against a Flair. These are good yeah. odds.
3: You're not kidding. I, I'm, I'm I'm digging it, too. So maybe we'll have something good here. But let me ask you this, as I was going to say before we saw the fucking bear. We've got Terry Funk against Ric Flair. Yep. We've got Lex Luger against Hulk Hogan. Yep. And Jeff Jarrett, Scott Hall, Sid Visions, in a three-way match. And we've got to get that in in 45 minutes.
4: Well, all the matches are, are going to be short. Well, I mean, this one's 15 minutes. The next one's eight. And then your main event's 740. So you've only got 30 minutes of wrestling, and you've got 45 minutes to do it. It's possible.
3: Okay. Well.
4: you got to appreciate, this is the Vince Russo era. So you're getting like you know 11 matches on pay-per-view, plus dance-offs. Yep.
3: You get into stories and
4: all kinds of shit
3: repackages. And by
4: the way, I hate that Vince Russo hates you so much.
3: He does not hate me. Vince Russo no. and I are good friends. No, let me he, say, he let, me, let, me, let me, let me respond to this state. by saying not only are you, you a are fucking lie.
4: Oh, well, how dare you drop an F bomb on me? We don't use that type of language on this show.
3: Oh yes, we fucking do. Well, if we don't, we're fucking doing it now. Oh. You a fucking lie.
4: Oh, that's hurtful. Tony, that's so hurtful. <laughs>
3: I've always been a friend of Vince Russo's. So stop it. Stop. You fucking lie.
4: By the way, next week on the show, we're going to cover the second pay-per-view you watched upon your return to pro wrestling. The first show you watched was the Royal rumble 2017. The second show you watched went down on March the fifth in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the Bradley center. And in the main event, it was Kevin Owens defending his world title against Goldberg. And we're going to watch it here next week on the show. This is the most recent thing I think we've watched. I thought we were doing ask Tony. Oh yeah. I mean in two weeks.
3: Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's in two weeks, right?
4: Yeah. March the 4th, we'll be watching fast lane 2017, March 11th, living dangerously. 2000, March 18th, uncensored 2000, March 25th, WrestleMania 14, uh, April 1st, WrestleMania six, Hulk Hogan, ultimate warrior. April 8th, we're going to do April 8th, 1989 World Championship Wrestling. April 15th, Spring Stampede 2000. April 22nd, the April 24th, 1993 Saturday night. And April 29th, Backlash 2006. On one side, we've got Vincent Kennedy McMahon, the genetic jackhammer, teaming with his son, Shane McMahon. And on the other side, we've got Shawn Michaels teaming with his dad, well, his Heavenly Father. God. Huh.
3: So are those uh, listed on our, our Twitter feed?
4: Yes, they are. You sure? Yes, sir.
3: Well, I know if, uh, if Bruce Pritchard had a list or if uh, Eric Bischoff had a list or JR had a fucking list or Aaron Anderson had a list, that fucking Dave Silva would put it on there immediately. Me? What the fuck? I've got to go through steps. I jump through hoops.
4: No, you don't. Do Just shit. to be clear, I tweeted them all from my personal account, and yours was the first show I tweeted about. You were number okay. one in my hearts and mind. There you go. Um, So yeah, next week is the Ask Tony Anything, and then we go to Fast Lane 2017. We've never talked about a lot of these talents: Samoa Joe, Sami Zayn, Gallows and Anderson, Enzo, Big Cass, Sasha Banks, Nia Jax, Cesaro, Jinder Mahal, Big Show, Rusev, Lana, Sheamus, Neville, Jack Gallagher. Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Bailey, Charlotte Flair, and then, as we said, in the main event, Goldberg, Kevin Owens. It's an, uh, it's a little bit of a weird deal for us. We've never done a show like this. What's ever happened to Jinder Mahal? He's still around, big as a house too. Saw a picture of him the other day at the gym. Son of a bitch, he's bigger than ever. Wow! Oh, big listener Always. to the show I- too. Big fan of the show.
3: I always liked him. I met him. He was a great guy, and I, I, I'm, I'm beginning to think that he's underused because well, I don't see him or hear that much about him anymore.
4: I don't know this, but the rumor and in innuendo is, you know, they went with him and business didn't get set on fire, so they sour on guys, and it's not necessarily their fault if you give them shit creative, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah,
4: but in terms of you know, good dudes, Jinder Bahal, as you can attest, good dude. Yeah. And Jack to the fucking gills. His, his muscles have muscles.
3: Yeah. Well, there you go. They can probably cycle him through again. Come up with something. Don't see much of him or the Singh brothers at all anymore. Meanwhile, look at that. We haven't seen that. Flair goes into the ropes, back body drop lands on his side and
4: he's going to punch him. Boom,
3: boom, boom, boom. Right jabs and a long round out roundhouse left down. He goes.
4: We did get a lot of questions when I posted the uh, list of shows because last year I had, I had sort of teased that this year in WrestleMania season, I was going to make you watch WrestleMania 24, which was Ric Flair's retirement show against Shawn Michaels. Uh, and I got a little bit of criticism, but I decided to just wait on that because you've been so negative about pop pop in the last 10 months.
3: I've uh, not been, neg- I've not been negative about pop pop. Yes, you have. I give him shit. Okay. I've always given him shit. Every time he sees me, he says, stop talking about me on the podcast, something, and let me ramp it up a little bit. I've not been negative about him.
4: Can you imagine how hurt Ric Flair would be if everybody quit talking about him? Yeah. Like if, if there's one thing he wants, wherever he is today, it's for you to be talking about him.
3: Yeah, that's right.
4: Like, you're not a public figure that long. And not want to be a public figure. He wants to be a he wants people to talk about it.
3: And don't tell me what fucking hummus to eat, motherfucker. I eat all the hummus I want from another vendor. Ooh, shit!
4: You don't even know who makes that hummus that he
3: promotes. No, I don't. But did you see how close they came to the ring on that suplex? Could have broke
4: his legs right there. You don't like so- a- you don't like Sabra hummus.
3: Uh, I've eaten it. It's it's okay. It's not my favorite.
4: Man, I thought for sure you'd be all about that roasted garlic. Uh,
3: I like roasted red pepper hummus. And I like uh the, the kind you bite sprouts.
4: You like basil Silver. pesto? I bet I bet I, Silva likes jalapeno.
3: Yeah, I'd eat basil pesto, absolutely. There's not there's I, I, there's I, there's no hummus. I I like I like all hummus. All hummus the greatest greatest food in the world
4: oh and i tell you silva's mad at me
3: yeah uh, who gives a fuck okay cool no i mean i mean i, I want to hear the story but who gives a fuck if he's mad
4: well so i was telling silva because you know silva doesn't sleep he, he's even told me that he he sleeps better sitting up so i'm like dude you have sleep apnea you're gonna right. sleep study yeah, you're on you're on uh the squad's insurance. Go get, go get some sleep study done and get you a CPAP machine, and you'll sleep better at night. Right. And um spent some time with Jim Ross, and Jim has a down pat man. Jim even uses a CPAP when he's on a plane. And so he can get real good sleep on those long international flights. And I'm like, Man, yep. this motherfucker's got it figured out. Yep. So I was telling Silva all about this. And then I was like, Do you wake up a bunch during the night? And he's like, Yeah. And so then I explained that it's probably because you stop breathing and your body wakes you up. So you don't die. And sometimes if you think you're going to pee a bunch at night, your body's making you think you have to pee. So you can not die. So eventually after your heart getting stopped and started so many times, eventually it just says, Hey, fuck off. And that's a wrap and you're done. And he's like, okay, I'll think about it. And I'm like, listen, it's not a big deal. Uh, When you die, I'll, I'll do, I'll be a stand in for your kids. I've done a great job already. And I listed references of all the children I'll take care of. And, uh, he said, what the fuck? And I said, no, 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 I'm not saying that to be ugly. Just because I didn't shoot the load doesn't mean that I can't carry it.
3: You're such a great great friend.
4: And then I said, all loads matter. And, uh, I don't think he liked that. So then I really started, started to amp it up and said, all white loads matter. Which um, I could see uh, how you could say was a, a race thing, but it really wasn't a race thing. Just all loads inherently are white,
3: you know. Right, right, exactly.
4: So I'm just what I think. Even brown children come from white loads. I, I think. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've never seen it. <laughs> I'm colorblind yeah. blind, so I'm just freestyling a guess. <laughs> right, right. That a white load makes us all. And anyway, he did not like it, but he did get the sleep study done, and I think he's finally going to be sleeping good soon, and that's a good thing.
3: That's great. That's great. That's good stuff.
4: And if you know, here's the deal: you could be, you could do worse than having me as your step, as your, as your stunt daddy, step in daddy, yeah. your stand yeah, in daddy. Do a lot worse. I'd be a good stand in daddy. Yep, because I get you all the cool shit you want, and not make you do shit. You know, that's what every kid wants.
3: <laughs> the I can't argue with that. Get all the cool shit you want. That's what every kid wants.
4: By the way, I should mention one of our Loki big hog uh, members had just a tremendous idea. And I want to run it past you. Okay. He tweets. Finally get the six man belt. And I responded, I wish. Then here comes the genius. Are you ready for this? Sure. Do the Loki big hog get together at Tony's house. That way everyone can go up in the attic and find your belt. Wow. And immediately Matt Schiavone replies in all caps. Oh my God. It's not up there. And then another genius idea, have all the low key big hogs bring their own vacuum so they can clean up the goddamn dog hair too. I'm all for that. So uh, here's what I'm thinking. Maybe we do a location change and Loki big hog weekend no longer be in Huntsville now it'll be in Georgia, but. The entry fee is a vacuum of some sort. Handhelds are allowed.
3: That's good. But we we also need people to be able to lift boxes and take out junk.
4: Uh, We'll bring, we'll invite Jay-Z. Okay.
3: I'm for it. I'm for it too. Well, all right. Is is Jay-Z coming to
4: the low-key big hog event? He is now. He's going to be lifting boxes. (laughs) She he is now Shout out to Jay-Z, co-host of the world's worst podcast, the Jay-Z Flair Show mm. If you've ever wondered why he started to like Bojangles so much, be sure to tune in this week Next week, he'll <laughs> tell the story of the time he got the shouting match with a redneck from Mississippi Who delivers hot Cheetos to rural areas
3: Boy, those are <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to the third episode <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making that up either I'm sure you're not that's that's the rib because you're not making oh my god, pile driver on the concrete oh how did a beautiful woman like Chelsea
4: hook up with that oh. she's just not very smart, that's all <laughs> oh I love chelsea better looking than than better thinking. You know,
3: just, uh, you know, you can be, you can be smart and have a, uh, not good choice in men.
4: Do you realize that this simple motherfucker Jay-Z makes his pizza with like a, a an iron. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Makes his pizza with an iron. What he does is he rolls out like some white bread. Like some wonder bread, but it's like the shitty sunbeam type. It's not like the good stuff. All right. Okay. All right. And then he takes like spaghetti sauce, like ragu or prego or whatever the Aldi brand of that is. And he spreads it across it. And then he takes some craft singles and puts that on top. Oh God. And then he'll take like strips of ham from like deli meat, but nothing good. Like the great value kind, not like boar's head, nothing real classy. Right. And then he'll sprinkle it on the top and then he'll get his wife's iron. She irons her school clothes with, Mm -hmm. and he'll just like run it across it. And what he'll do is he'll like spin the pizza underneath. He'll hold the iron in like a stationary way. And then there you go. So it's like a turntable of sorts with an iron over the top, blasting heat out. And it just pivots until he's got his North kakalake pizza.
3: Okay. We've been doing this show for four years. Yeah. And we've talked about a lot of dumb shit.
4: Yeah. That's it though.
3: That's That's it. That's the top. That's the dumbest shit we've ever talked about.
4: That's what he does, man.
3: Uh, But by the way, if you're watching this match, wonder we've seen a couple of pins, Texas death match rules, by the way, after each successful pinfall, you must answer the bell.
4: Yeah. So Melzer would say they ended up doing the falls don't count. And after the fall. The loser has a 10 count to answer the bell. Of course, that sort of ruined the drama with the finish because Flair and Funk were wrestling with the idea that both the winner and loser had to answer the bell since Flair teased being unable to answer the bell on the final fall. It's been so many years since this match was done and the stipulations were put over so poorly on television that the fans just didn't understand it. Rule 1A of wrestling booking is that if you have a stipulation match and the participants and the announcers don't get the steps over to the fans strongly, then the fans won't care. Well, looks like a
3: shitty job by the announcers. As usual. Hmm.
4: Well, this is it. This is it? He's not gonna answer the call, I don't
3: think. Oh, Mark Madden. Mike today on that table. I think Terry Funk with a pin here and a 10 count could have won this thing. He could have won.
4: Maybe not. No, he's still
3: going. Oh, got a double, got a double, double table, baby.
4: How about Flair's chest leaking? Hmm. How many tanning beds do you think Ric Flair laid in his life? Wow.
3: Now you don't have to, you know, you just get it sprayed on think I should get a spray on tan.
4: Yes. <laughs> what I'd like to do is I'd like to go with you or I'd send Silva. I'm busy. And, uh, we would film it, and put it on Patreon.
3: How about me getting Botox and a spray tan?
4: Yes. I'm for it. And while we're at it, why don't you tailor your clothes and iron them?
3: <laughs> what? what the fuck are you trying to say? My clothes are not ironed
4: or tailored. Like your jacket's too long. It shouldn't be past your pinky on TV. You should trim your pinky nails. You're not trying to sell bumps. Like you're guy. Uh, no hey, no
3: listen, boy I, boy I, boy. I go to a manicures now. Oh, cool. So well, there
4: we'll see what she can do with your fucking hair while you're there. <laughs> a little bit of product to make that shit stay in place. At least while you're on TV, <laughs> you're flip flopping out there like Matthew McConaughey, but you don't quite look like the motherfucker. So it just looks weird. And inquiring minds want to know, why do you keep wearing that middle of the mall shit on TV? Looks like you're an extra from a goddamn Nelly video.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
4: the Nesty plunge through the table. Ladies uh. and gentlemen, I think that's going to be it. A Nesty plunge backwards through the table. Here we go. One,
3: two, one, two, one, two,
4: three. three. there it is.
3: Now, I got to answer the 10 count. Here we go.
4: But Flair's going to act like he can't, but he's got to. Somebody needs to tell him, stand the fuck up, Pop Pop. (laughs) Tell him there's a payday in the back. Here, get up.
3: (laughs) You think I'd give him shit? Oh, here we go.
4: Meltzer would say, in the fourth fall, Funk drove Flair inside the ring through a table. The problem is that in trying to sell this as something big, Mark Madden said that before the pile driver, that if Flair went through the table, it would end his career because of the 1989 injury, which was a work. Then Flair went through the table and the pro he is, he did sell it for the rest of the match, but you can't tease a career ending injury and not block the spot unless you're doing a major injury angle out of the spot. Dave's got all the answers, doesn't he? But that's going to be the finish.
3: Yeah. Flair went face first when they, when they rang the bell, He went Doom, did the face first bump.
4: So Flair gets the win and, and thankfully match number nine is done. He got two and a quarter stars, just like Vampiro next up eight minutes and 10 seconds, Hulk Hogan's going to get the biggest pop of the night. And, uh, he's going to have, um, miss Elizabeth and Jimmy Hart out here too. So there's going to be some shenanigans and believe it or not, we get a little surprise in this one. It's unadvertised. So they have saved two big surprises for the last two matches of the night. We keep seeing this fucking door. We don't know who it is or what it is. We know we've got a three-way main event, but who could be behind the door? We'll find out in our main event.
3: Well, there you go. And, and it's like, why not have a surprise, right? Why not build up the anticipation, build up the myst- the mystery, the mystique? Why not? Speaking well, you know something mean, Gene, or whatever he says.
4: Well, No, go ahead. Well, you take it from and,
3: here and start talking now. Well, you know something, me, Gene, here's the deal. This company is going down like the fucking Titanic, but that's okay. Cause I'm still getting a big paycheck and you know what else mean, Gene? There's going to be a movie about me. Chris Hemsworth is going to be playing me. He played Thor. That's exactly right. You know what mean, Gene? He also played this real stupid guy on the ghostbusters movie with all the females that was a shitty movie and everyone said, we'll never have another Ghostbusters movie. But as you know, Mean Gene, they're coming up with another Ghostbusters movie. They're throwing the females out and they're going to make it finding the old Ghostbusters car in a barn somewhere. And here comes Slimer and he comes back. Speaking of Slimer, how much slime can you think that one wrestling promotion can have on it? We have plenty of slime, Mean Gene. That's exactly right. And what you're going to do. What do you mean? What you're going to do? That's your old line. What you're going to do. When the slime of the ghostbusters gets on Chris Hemsworth and gets on Eric Bischoff and comes up with this great movie. You know, the director of the movie was the director of Joker was one of the greatest movies of the year. Yes. I know. I saw it. Speaking of jokers, how many jokers are in this company? How many jokers are running around? What you going to do when the jokers all over you.
4: Can you believe oh. that they're still doing this? Michael, Michael buffer Michael shit. buffer, all this money.
3: Well, I, he had the contract, right? I mean, did he have, who
4: knows? I don't know. I mean, between James Brown and him, let's just get some money.
3: (laughs) Also, he was the guy behind the door. Woo. Here's your surprise. Michael Buffer again. Remember when we first, when Michael, when we first introduced Michael Buffer, it was, it was great. It was a novel. He was tremendous. And he still, I mean, he was great ring announcer. No question. Without question. Uh, but then as it went along, Eric kinda of grew tired of it as well. And I remember Eric thinking, God, get to it. And I was I remember when he would say that, I would think, You're the one that booked him.
4: Here we go. Lex Luger coming to the ring. Is it just me or does it look like Miss Elizabeth has some plus twos there?
3: Yeah, she's uh she's all out there.
4: I mean, those, those look enhanced from
3: when I was a Ute. Those look a little bit different than the miss Elizabeth that came out first with the macho man, Randy Savage. Yes. You're right.
4: How about the sting and the bat hmm. sting chair and the bat it's got a little sticker on it with a scorpion. Really wish they wouldn't have done that. And I think this is the gear that we would see Lex Luger years later, uh, sell on the TV show, hardcore pawn. How about this? Look, Liz taking him down.
3: Uh, he's still man.
4: Top five best bodies in the history of wrestling.
3: No, without question. Maybe top three.
4: Carrie. I mean the Texas tornadoes up there. Who else you got?
3: (sighs) Oh, God, I know you would spring it on me and I would have to think about it. Um, Excalibur.
4: There we go. I would agree. I mean, (laughs) here's the thing. I think a lot of fans haven't seen underneath that suit, but you and I have the dude. It's a little bit like the farmer on the Simpsons. Right. Where you think like, man, he might be cock diesel. And then one day he took down his overalls and you're like, holy shit. Mm. That's Excalibur in real life. That's right. Ripped, twizzled. I don't, I don't know. Uh, hit me with
3: some, I mean, obviously the Texas tornadoes won, and Luger is one. Goldberg was ripped.
4: Oh, fuck off. Ultimate warrior.
3: Ultimate uh, Ultimate warrior. There you go. That would be it.
4: Hit me with some Goldberg
3: and uh, Hogan.
4: No, I I, I don't think Hogan was ever in best physiques in wrestling. You think so? Really? Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking of, I think back in the day. You would have to say uh Rocky Johnson. Okay. And more modern, I think most people you know, these days people are gonna say, Oh, um, Dave Batista. All right. There were times when Triple H could have probably qualified. Sure. Just as far as just natural shit, you gotta think Shelton Benjamin's on the list somewhere. Yeah. You know, as far as imposing I don't know that I would go with, you know, the definition and all that, but Brock Lesnar's somewhere on there.
3: Oh, what a shitty clothesline or whatever oh, you he tried what? to do there.
4: We forgot one of the best ones of all time. Who's that? Ravishing Rick rude.
3: Oh yeah. What the fuck?
4: How did we miss that one? I have no idea. Hulk Hogan wrestling in a t-shirt just shouldn't be brother. Yeah. Road warrior Hawks one. Oh man. Once upon a time. Mm -hmm. By the way, can you imagine, I mean, think about how big this match would have been once upon a time or was once upon a time. I set a nitro record back in 1997 and less than three years later. Nah. Yeah. Hey, speaking of, uh, you know, I know you
3: have, uh, one of your great podcasts that right here on Westwood one is Arn.
4: Yes. One of the all time greats.
3: has, Has he ever told you the story of why, how he. Uh, named Lex Luger eggplant.
4: I would love to hear it.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, I will let him tell it. Cause I cannot tell it the way he tells it.
4: He won't tell it. He won't No. So you tell it.
3: No, I'm not. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, betray his confidence. If he, if he won't tell it, then he doesn't want to be told.
4: You've told lots of Arn Anderson stories on here before. Uh, I haven't. Uh, yes, you have. Uh, you a lie about the time you had to, uh, wake into Bernie's him to bed. Uh, okay. Okay. That That's story. one. All right.
3: But anyway, I, I didn't, he had nicknames for everybody on and they were priceless. Tell me, tell me I, eggplant. I, I, no, I'm not telling you eggplant. All right. Well, I'll ask him on the next episode. Ask him, say Tony Schiavone. said, you've got to tell the story about egg. How you named Luger eggplant.
4: Why won't you just tell us, Tony? Because he's better at it than I am. Well, he's better at all of this than you are. <laughs> he's Arn Anderson. Huh. Arn is just naturally good at shit and wrestling. He doesn't have to try.
3: He doesn't have to try
4: and you a lie. All kind of makes sense. Wait a minute. What, did I, what am I lying about? That Arn Anderson's good at things? No, just a lie.
3: Sign where's Benoit? That's been very prevalent here.
4: Well, because he walked out the month before.
3: This is a month after they ever. Yeah, they they all walked out in January, of two thousand. Yeah, you're right.
4: Just think that what we're watching right now is supposed to be Hulk Hogan, of course, Vince McMahon's meal ticket for the '80s, and supposed to be Hulk Hogan or Vince McMahon's meal ticket for the '90s, Lex Luger, and we know that didn't exactly go according to plan.
3: Because Vince realized he
4: was an eggplant. Big and swallow up, no brains? Mm. I don't know if that's I don't know. So you don't know shit really.
3: No, I do know shit. Well bring up some
4: other stories that you can't tell us here on the podcast.
3: (laughs) No, I can tell you a lot of stories on the podcast. I just
4: Well pick one. We're three hours in, you ain't said shit yet. I'm tired of fucking carrying you. I mean, carrying
3: hey, would you, would, like you, would you settle the fuck down? Okay. okay. You got Dave Silva mad at you. You want to get every all your friends mad at you. Fine. Is that what you want in your life? Well, Piss off all your friends. That'd be fine. Hey, why don't we, why don't we, uh, shit on, uh, Casio.
4: I'm fine with it. Fuck him. Okay. By the way, if you want to hear a podcast, you,
3: the- you shit on Jay-Z flair. Okay. Why, why don't we shit on Clint? Who the fuck is Clint? There you go.
4: Seriously, the Jay Z Flair show on Twitter, go follow it. He has 847 followers right now, which is at least twice as many as he has listeners. (laughs) Uh, I've got to listen to it now,
3: dude, you can get it. You can get it nowhere. You get your, your, your favorite podcasts. Uh,
4: perhaps the, uh, the low key OG of this show though, that for whatever reason does not appear here anymore. Cassio's Cut is also a podcast you should listen to. Uh he's got it over at cassioscut.com for all of your enjoyment. New episodes are every Tuesday at lunch. So a new one dropped yesterday, you can go catch it right now.
3: Yeah, I'll pass. How come he's never never on our podcast anymore? Doesn't want to be here? I don't know. I think
4: he's big dogs. I think he thinks he's too good for wrestling now or something like that.
3: All right. Well, to hell with him then.
4: I I am going to tell you, I'm really proud of him. He was, um, he he made a commitment online this past week on social media. He's married. He said, I was born for this. He must have the KFC brand Crocs. Have you seen these? No. Kentucky fried chicken now has Crocs with images of fried chicken on them. They even have little drums on the toes and supposedly they smell just like KFC's fried chicken. (sighs) You want,
3: okay. They smell, they, they, even if you've been walking 10 miles in them, they're going to turn out smelling like KFC. I was told they to smell
4: like Crocs. <sighs> well, there you go. It's deep fried footwear.
3: Deep fried. And I'm sure he, if there was any mashed potato Crocs, he'd love those, wouldn't
4: he? The Crocs even smell like fried chicken thanks to two scented, but non-edible gibbets charms designed to look like drumsticks. So they looked like, they look like drumsticks, but in fact, they're just like little smelly things that smell like fried chicken. Little smelly things. They're 59 bucks. I think you need some. No, I will pass on those. Wait, 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 do it for Lois's birthday. Because you can hit her with that famous line you used the first time you had her lay with you.
3: And what was that that famous line? You don't remember? No.
4: Well, now you're just being bashful. You've told me this story before in private. Oh, you invited her over for quote, some chicken and some sex. (laughs) And when she got to the house, you had a bucket of chicken in front of your gonads, you were laid out sort of Burt Reynolds style. And you said, first you get the chicken, then you get the dickin (laughs) and you finger licking good. And then you took her to pound town and y'all finished. You went back for seconds after. (laughs) Jesus Christ.
3: Isn't this a wrestling podcast?
4: No, it hasn't been a wrestling (laughs) podcast in at least two years. And you also told me that the grease from the chicken work as a a natural lubricant for (laughs) your lovemaking. Helped you getting all the hard to read.
3: Uh, Luger goes all with a boot to the
4: (laughs) Can you imagine a match between the total package and Hulk Hogan's Thermos? (laughs) Who would win? (laughs) Who would win? I don't know. Hulk Hogan's Thermos. Hulk Hogan's (laughs) Thermos is 600 600 million richer or whatever he won.
3: Hulk Hogan's Thermos against the eggplant. There's the big leg drop.
4: Uno. Dose trace that'll get her done. one store, one star Meltzer would say, uh, Flair ran into attack Hogan after the match, uh, with Luger, but sting made the save the last time we saw sting and Hogan, Hogan was laying down for Sting a havoc for no reason, but that was never explained. And the time before that sting turned on Hogan, hitting him with a bat. The fact, none of this is acknowledged is one of the reasons why no one cares about WCW storylines. And I got to tell you, Flair coming in to attack Hogan here, even though it seems like it's out of nowhere, I'm for because Hogan Flair, that's just, that goes together like peas and carrots. Yeah. Jimmy Hart fucking with pop pop. Yeah, he, he tatered him, buddy. Looked like and Lex Luger's laying the wood to him. And you know, what's coming Mm-hmm. fans are ready for it. Yes, they are. I see holding the sting chair. We're Hogan on one side, Sting on the other. I don't like that. And there he comes. Look at the crowd. Wow. Tell me he's not the most over thing on the show so far. Look at him. Boy, that feels like nineteen ninety seven a little bit, doesn't it?
3: It sure does.
4: Except instead of coming down here to chase Hogan, he's saving Hogan, which is a little weird. Sting's leaned up right here, man.
3: I hope he is. I hope he's tan too.
4: That jacket looking extra tailored, making him look extra lean. You can learn a thing or two. You should text things to hear who his tailor is. So I
3: should tailor my jacket, you say?
4: Well, you know, just make them look like they fit a human that you know, at least. Maybe not you specifically, but just someone you know. A human that I know. Yeah, anybody. Any, <clears throat> literally anybody. I'm just telling you, as a friend, you're starting to look a little Michael PSAs. Yikes.
3: That's enough to scare a person into doing something.
4: Hey yo, uh, it's got all legitimately one of the best wrestlers to never be world champ. Yep, I recently asked that to Arne Anderson. Actually, two days ago, here on uh, uh, Westwood One. And what was Arne's answer to that? He said the best wrestlers to not hold a world title were Ted DiBiase, Rick Rude, and Mr. Perfect.
3: It's a pretty good list.
4: Well, except. Technically, Mr. Perfect held the AWA. And I guess you could argue that Rick Rude held the International, which was the big gold at a time when you guys had the other belt in WCW. Right. But old Ted DiBiase, I guess he tells he still technically held it just for a hiccup when Andre handed it to him, which we talked about here on the show recently. So Arn was wrong on all three counts. But uh, Scott Hall, he's right. He didn't say that, of course. I don't think I don't think Arn puts over Scott Hall. Gotcha. I've never heard him say anything negative, but sometimes Arn's only way of being negative when the mics are going is to just exclude someone.
3: In other words, be silent on the matter.
4: Yeah. I asked him (laughs) once if he had a a funny Vince McMahon story and there was like a 38 second pregnant pause. And then he said, no. (laughs) So it was very understood without saying anything. Oh, not a big fan. No, he didn't say no. He said no. Why do you love mocking him breathing through his teeth?
3: Cause he's one of my good friends.
4: Do you know that he will spawn buster the fuck out of you? No, he won't. He can't get me up over his belly. You want to bet? No, I don't. I bet he I'm could. an old
3: man. I got a bad back.
4: He's still pushing weights every day. I bet he could. He's still
3: pushing weights every day,
4: every day. Is that what he tells you? No, no. I mean, every time I ever booked him anywhere, he makes sure there's a gym. Oh, okay. I see him leaving it. I mean, I ain't running into him there, but I see him leaving it.
3: He walks in with a bag full of fried chicken, goes in the back, eats it, washes his face, walks out with a bag, and you think he's working out.
4: I think he's got a whole duffel bag full of chicken? Good, good. We've got to have Wait, him. We gotta get him these goddamn Crocs then. <laughs> hey, Tony. Um, since you've You've decided you're going to have to be in Whitney protection program, it's probably going to be a shirt by the time you you hear this. Mm. You have a new favorite porn star that you like to jacket to? No, I don't, I don't, I don't look at porn. Okay. So when when you rub one out, how do you get that done? How do you get I don't rub one. I don't rub one out. Ah, come on now, Tony. Everybody, everybody does that.
3: Yeah. You wait till you're 62.
4: Okay. So what was the last time you did the old five knuckle shuffle?
3: I don't know. Probably 33.
4: You were, you were 33. Probably you think it's been 29 years since you touched your wang, uh,
3: with the exception of go take a wee wee. Yeah. That's a lie. You a lie. (laughs) Let's get ready to
4: rumble. Since this show aired, you ain't beat off. Yeah.
3: I don't know about you guys listening to this podcast, but I'm about, I'm tapped out, man. This is, this show is, this show is rekindled every bad feeling I've got about wrestling. Thank God there's AEW because now I can go back and enjoy the sport again and forget about all this shit that went down here. Fuck.
4: Well, let me explain. This is your Chris Jericho behind him. That's your Jake Hager on the left. Uh, and on the right, that's your semi kavar
3: That's what ain't fucking close.
4: Okay. I couldn't even finish that without laughing. <laughs> no. Ron Harris and semi
3: Not even fucking close.
4: No, it's it's a much better. This is the what's that old thing? It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the best of times if you were Jeff Jarrett, you know, because when he was, you know, wrestling in Memphis, there weren't five thousand people there. But sure, but there are here, and he's got Bob Vila sunglasses and a basswood guitar and. He's not the the black and white NWO and he's not the Wolfpack red and black NWO. He's the silver and black and Brett Hart's head's been kicked off. So he's now the new de facto leader. Well, it's supposed to be Brett. Now it's Jeff Jarrett, him and his Bob Vila sunglasses. And he's going to be challenging for the world title. He is the United States champion. And here comes ready or not. Here he comes the bad guy, Scott Hall in his classic gear. Looking like a million bucks, always did.
3: Outsiders. So he re- did. He represent the NWO, red and black.
4: Uh, I don't know if he is at this very or
3: did, moment. Or do we just give completely give up on the NWO, with the exception of Jeff Jarrett?
4: I believe that to be the truth.
3: Yeah, we just gave up on everything, didn't we?
4: Meltzer would right. Hall decided to prove something and was good in the ring as was Jarrett. The problem was there was little to the match besides beating up refs and no time to do it. Billy Silverman took one of the all time worst ref bumps to go out first. This choke chokeslam both guys at the same time, but no ref. Nick Patrick came in for a series of near falls after the first, first bump. <laughs> let me start over after the first ref bump atrocity. At least Jarrett used his stroke on Patrick. They had a good near fall where one of the Harris twins accidentally knocked Jarrett with a chair and uh Hall hit him with the uh or Hall went to pin him with Charles Robinson as the ref. So total clusterfuck until something happens, and I don't want to spoil it because you clearly
3: don't remember. I don't. And I wonder if if, if Meltzer goes back and rewatches this stuff. No, he just and don't. then Yeah, he probably should, and then reads what he wrote about and see if he still feels the same way because perception you know where you are what's going on your age changes perception you know
4: well these shows are not happening in a vacuum either you know he was they were having the match for the crowd that was there that night and he was reviewing the match for the fans watching at home live as it happened Uh, about 3,000 yeah, punches so far is where we are. Yep. Right. But we had some pretty good action when, uh, at the beginning of it,
3: Let's look that at lariat list. over the top to the floor,
4: all time worst ref bump from Billy Silverman's what I'm here for now. Okay. We're, we're marching down. We got less than eight minutes left here in the show, but we're about to see one of the all time worst ref bumps. I'm here for it.
3: I'm here for it too. Cause we've seen some bad
4: ones. But this one's supposed to be the worst all time. Scott Hall doing the crotch chop and saying down there still tickles me. Yeah. Man, they got Sid Vicious right in his winky woo. Ooh. Which I mean, even Sid Vicious don't buy that you ain't jacked off since thirty years. I mean, my goodness. So you're telling me the last time you beat off Sting had never been world champion. I'm, I'm watching this goddamn match. I know that's a lot. Like you beat off this month.
3: No, I didn't. Yes, you. I have.
4: don't. I, I don't. You'd be dead. You lie. You'd be dead. Does it just leak out when you pee or something? I mean, it's gotta come out. You wait till you you, up. you wait till you wait till you get your sixties, fella. Oh, you're having wet dreams. You wake up no, thinking you just, about Medusa. raised down and the milk died, stuck to the sheets.
3: You just wait. You wait. We're going to hear Here comes a rep bump. Oh, I thought maybe he was going to duck I down. Too.
4: I thought for sure that was it. Here it comes. They're doing it the other way. Okay. My God. Silverman's just begging Softly for it close right to... in the middle of everything.
3: Yeah. Close to the action. Here it comes. I've seen worse.
4: That's pretty bad, though. Yeah, it is. I mean that motherfucker bad that stopped that he, he and, stole and tumbled like tumbled he was, out the ring. <laughs> he stopped, dropped, and rolled like he was on fucking fire. And it was like a third grade drill. Here comes the double choke slam. One for you, one for you. Y'all get up on one, two, three. Here we go. Where's the ref? Oh, there he is. One. Oh. Harris has something to say about that. One, two. Nick Patrick's almost as tall as Sid. Here comes the big gold, wham! Lays Sid out with it, throws it out to the Harris Bros. Says that's it. Doesn't hook the leg. Of course, Sid kicks out, and the crowd you gotta hook mild. the leg, Conrad. You know that. That's crowd.
3: fundamentally sound wrestling.
4: Crowd goes mild. No response to the kick out. So fans got behind Scott hall on the roll up though. Inside cradle. Now trying that. Oh, just straight up abusing the ref. Oh, flapjack hitting the stroke Oh, Nick Patrick calling for the guitar. Nope. Calling for a chair. Oh my
3: God. We have no referee. This thing is broken down. Oh, here comes
4: Benjamin button. Benjamin button himself. Oh, Jeff Jarrett himself takes the chair. Sid two, three. Oh, I thought Scott had him.
3: Don't you think that Benjamin button here, uh, Charles Robinson has a lot. He's a hero has a lot of bravery because two referees have been bumped already. And he said, I'll go down there. They don't have to scare me.
4: Yeah. I go down there with five guys, five guys, much bigger than me beating the shit out of each other. How about Jeff right. Jarrett just thumbing him right in the eye? I like that. Yeah, they're, they're going to beat up another fucking referee. Jeff Jarrett don't give a shit about these referees. It's almost like when he left the WWF, I think I told you this, he would figure for every referee that, here's another one, Mickey J. My, my God. God, who can come in to
3: save the day?
4: You know what? That was the equivalent of when Jeff Jarrett owned TNA and he brought in a different legend every week to beat. Oh, here comes one. Here comes another. Slick Johnson, boy, everybody loves a Slick Johnson. Yeah. Thanks to our friends, they didn't advertise this week.
3: Okay, there we go.
4: Outsiders Edge. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're damn right. Look at the crowd; they're ready for it. You, you,
3: you've got to make the, you got to make the cover. Come on now.
4: They're ready. One, two. Oh, his shoulder hurts.
3: Oh, his arm cramped. Yeah, it's cramped up. That happens. Should have been
4: three. The referee not counting three slick Johnson, Scott Hall knows the fix is in. He's not happy.
3: Well, I mean, you know, things do cramp up at times. You don't know. Cause you're not old, but slick was 53 here.
4: Well, you're probably cramped up cause you're backed up when you, when we finally make it happen, it's going to look like an explosion at a Krispy Kreme factory at your house, <laughs> you know, crunchy carpet for weeks. Oh, here's the guitar, the gimmick time guitar. Dude, that thing weighs nothing. Look at this shit. The worst gimmicked guitar ever in history and wham. Whoa. How about that? Rowdy Roddy Piper with the world's biggest elbow brace coming to the ring. That's the man who was behind the door this whole time, he's got a torn bicep from several months ago and he's out here to fix the injustice here, including putting a stop to Mr. Slick Johnson. We should mention Scott Hall is in a bad way here, man. Even though we were talking about worst guitar shot ever. Yeah. Uh, he's hurting pretty bad here from not only the guitar shot, but he's about to take a power bomb, even though he's hurt. I didn't think he could get hurt with the worst gimmick guitar shots ever, but apparently something went awry. Scott Hall legitimately hurt in this match. Huh. Meltzer would say the show ended with a scary scene of Scott Hall being injured and taken to a hospital with a possible spinal cord injury, which is believed to be a combination of the guitar shot he took from Jarrett, which injured his neck. He did take the blow awkwardly and the power bomb delivered by vicious. The timing of the injury is even more strange since there are expectations that after this match, the hall would either be fired or at least suspended for his actions in Europe and in Philadelphia. And even in cl- his closest friends in the company after last week were saying he really had to be fired. Hall was scheduled for an MRI on February 22nd and was said to have weakness on the right side of his body and a preliminary diagnosis of a bulging disc. Naturally, there was plenty of skepticism due to the timing, but the problem now is that so many wrestlers in WCW are injured. The belief is that some of them are milking it to get paid and not have to come back to the mess. So with the belief that some, uh, well, virtually every injury becomes questioned. And there it is. Sid is your winner. And, uh, Scott Hall, lucky to just get out of this one alive. Roddy Piper's back. Sting is back. And Jeff Jarrett is not your champion, at least for one more month. Sid remains the master and the ruler of the world. And Tony, with that in mind, it's going to bring this week's episode to a close. Coming up next week, we have got a tremendous show coming your way. We're looking forward to these. I love them. You will too. Of course, we're talking about hashtag ask Tony anything. If you'd like to ask Tony anything, then be sure to follow us on Twitter. It really is that easy. Go follow us on Twitter right now. It's at WHW Monday. Love to have your feedback there. And I uh, love to have you ask Tony a question The week after that fast lane 2017, our most recent topic we've ever covered here on the show. We've got lots of great stuff planned, but Tony, unfortunately, right now, it looks like it's about that time.
3: Tony Shimani is in the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, he's on the microphone. He's talking about that. He has been backed up. Since 1987, oh, my God, here comes Whitney. She is walking down the rampway. She is walking down the aisle. She is getting to the ring. She just touched Tony on the shoulder, and it looks like an explosion at a Krispy Kreme factory. My God, the the man of the ring, it's all crunchy. And we're out of time. We'll see you next week on What Happened When. We come to you each week on Westwood One on Wednesdays and on Mondays for our great fans only on... Patron!